When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Chris Holman keeps him on the floor. A great pass and a slam by Reese. Oh, that was a jump ball. And look at this! You've seen so often, and credit Ohio State and credit Felix Akbara for that. Carry meanwhile gets a wide open look. He got fouled and count the bucket. So that is what Maryland needed. Carey provides it a chance at a four-point play. That's a huge shot by Don Carey. And with 9.6 left, no whistle. And Miller's got it at the other end. Exclamation point for TCU. Shireman, rebound number 11 on the night. On the run, the lob to Kuhn. Season favorite this year and the champion, Sharif Mitchell, who's coming back next year, spinning inside for two. Which McDermott has cleaned off the bench over the last several minutes. Nowhere to go for Stoltzberg inside. He'll back it out. Osmani to Mitchell. One to shoot. Mitchell's three is good. Why not? The most threes in a game this year for the Jays. They hit their 17th from range. As we welcome you in on Coffee and Cream on a thirst trap kind of Thursday, you always got to watch the trap game with ODB because that's, that's especially when I don't have a babysitter. And today I do not have a babysitter. I have another playmate. <laughs> yeah, no, mom left the house without a babysitter. Yeah, as Andrew Rogers is on the mend. He has been fighting it. I'll give it, I'm going to give him his credit. He has been fighting that bad boy for about three weeks. Ugh, you know, that's just the, you know, and I went through that stretch uh, right around Christmas time where it's like, man, you just can't shake it. Mm-hmm. It's just like sitting in your chest and it's in your face and you're, you don't want to be that guy that's like, eh. Right, yeah. It used to be socially acceptable to come to work sick. It is not. Hey, you're like a pariah now. People look at you sideways. People look at you like you're typhoid Mary. They're like, what is happening? Get out of my face immediately. Like, I'm afraid to to sneeze. Typhoid Mary. Oh, yeah, we're going there already. I'm, like, afraid to sneeze in public, which, like, a sneeze is a totally, like, involuntary thing, right? Like somebody's like wearing perfume that catches your nose wrong and you sneeze. Yeah, so you sneeze in public now, people are like, it's it's wild. So we're we're hoping that that he's on the man. But Ravi, uh, gracious enough to fill in. I I uh, I'm like, wow, Thursday, not a Friday. We'll do our best, but not making any guarantee. Do our best to do what? Stay on the tracks? Yeah, we'll try. I mean. I, <laughs> We're, we're, I didn't make any promises about staying on the track. We're, we're fan, <laughs> fantastic show today. We're going to get a lot smarter uh, across the board. Mitch Sherman, 
Super high IQ guy. He's at 8 o'clock. Brian Edwards at 8.45. And then the other really smart guy who's extremely funny, Michael Brunts, mm-hmm. uh, will join us. In between there, we'll do a sports six-pack. Uh, that'll be brought to you by Zipline Brewery, which I think you'll enjoy. Okay. You'll en- uh, there are some questions in there. Shane, we may have to do that one at the 9.30 hour because – I see if we can get the old hamsters warmed up. Okay. In 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 Robbie's head, like just to make sure that we can get a good. Well, I got to make sure my coffee's done by the time we get to the six pack. Yeah. So you have you brought some toys today with you. You have uh, you have some some things to play with. What's in the old coffee, which should have been from the beanery, which is the official coffee of coffee That's my bad. And cream in the morning. I'm I, you know I gotta stay okay. on brand. That's my bad. Um, I won't say where it's from. What what kind of coffee is that? So it is an I. Is a venti iced blonde latte. It's with a lot of fancy almond stuff. milk. Vente is that just code for large? It's a it, venti is twenty, so twenty ounces. Oh, I knew that. Yeah, yeah. Eins, five, or um, it's Italian. Uh, uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, ocho, Close. siete, nueve, diez. Italian and Spanish are, are very, very similar. Yes. Yeah, yeah. they have a Latin yes. root. Yes, I studied Diez Latin nueve, in high school. Vente, so. vente, uno, vente, dos, yeah, vente. There you go. yeah, I got you. Um, so yeah, and then it's got some Splenda in there too. I don't. Blenda. Yeah. That's the artificial sweetener? Yeah, because they don't have sweet and low. I like the little pink package usually, so but they got Splenda instead of sweet and low. Are you, uh, how is the managing of the insulin levels, the sugar levels with See, coffee? so all of that, there's no sugar in there. That's okay. why I go the almond milk, and that's why I go the Splenda. So we don't have to worry about the sugar. Substitute. And yeah. your body would know the difference like, oh, right away. Immediate. I could, it, honestly, if I... Whether it's like a uh, diet soda versus regular soda or like artificial sweetener versus regular sweetener, I get like an like the first sip, I get like an instant nauseous feeling. Really? It's super weird. Like with regular soda, I can smell it before I even taste it. I'm like, mm, that's not diet. But if I do take a sip, it's like an instant. That's why I don't like Coke Zero because it tastes too much like Coke. That like my it th- my brain thinks it's bad. Soda is one of those things that I wish I I consumed more so I could be a a more of a participant in these debates because okay. they get pretty spirited. Oh right? yeah, and that's one of those low key things that people have. You think wings and pizza are bad for like specific preferences? Oh, soda's a monster. People people get up and are and they don't understand because I'm I'm amphibious with the with my sodas amphibious so I'll go <laughs> I'll go diet coke I'll go diet pepsi yeah I'll I'll have like runs on diet mountain dew um every once in a while I get crazy I want like a diet orange soda you know oh, you I'm, just whatever yeah but are you the guy that likes those machines where you get the choices and you can like make your own drinks um no cuz I, I usually, could cuz I could stay at those for at least five, six. I minutes. usually don't add like extra stuff to it. Like I don't like the vanillas. I don't like any of that. I just oh. like my regular sodas. Blasphemer. Um, I mean, you know, teach their own. I'm not yeah. hating. It's just not for me. <laughs> um, but no. So I. But people get real up in arms because they're like, "What do you mean you don't have a preference?" I'm like, "I like all Whatever. diet soda. All diet sodas matter." I'm. I'm <laughs> too soon for that i'm sorry i'm too early for I, that. I'll, I'll never forget the day somebody called you a liberal hack and i was like well that seems kind of harsh <laughs> so first five minutes in he hits us with all sodas matter diet sodas all diet all sodas, diet sodas my matter. bad will you put that in your window <laughs> get a little little sign 
all day as soon as matter. It's just like a, a can with a bunch of different uh, logos on it. Yeah. Yeah, I think we could make it work. <laughs> you hack. <laughs> <laughs> and you brought Shane some tweets. I did, yeah. So my wife is a, a pastry chef, as many people know. I don't and know how you do it. Well, she doesn't cook at home. Oh, okay, that's cool. Most like that's the secret about chefs. None of them cook at home, at all. I'm watching the Tournament of Champions on uh, Food Network. Okay, and they say that a lot. Have you ever? Did you watch the Bear? The Bear on Hulu. No. So it's this show about this like gourmet. Chef. Oh yeah, and he goes back home to run the yes. diner because yeah, something's wrong with his family. Italian beef. Yeah. His family's like Italian beef, whatever. Every, like there's an episode of that where he goes home and just like makes himself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That's how chefs eat at home. They don't make they make themselves the simplest, lowest mental energy thing they can. Like I cannot tell you the number of times my wife comes home and just eats green beans out of a can. It's the most disgusting thing in the world. Wowzer! I think I'm traumatized. It's it's horrifying. I'll just come <laughs> home and she's just like sitting there watching TV eating green beans out of a can. I was like, Are you okay? Did something happen to you? And she's like, no, I was just hungry. You seem very hurt right now. Like, by the time they get home, they are done cooking. Green beans out of a can. Yeah, I don't know. I was like. Probably shouldn't have started that in the first segment. That may eat me up for a while. I was like. By choice? No, she loves it. She loves it. Really? She, like, goes out of her way to eat green beans in a can. Yeah. Man, I had to get one of my players' groceries the other day and. Even I, I didn't even get him green beans in a can. Well, no, because you probably like him. You're probably, <laughs> you're probably not trying to hurt him like yeah, that. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as a green bean out of a can. No, I asked her. I was, like, I was like, babe, do you need help? Do you need – should we have you talk to someone? Do you need some therapy and here? I guess I, I guess I can talk. A couple About three weeks ago, I had uh, I had kipper snacks out of the can. What is a kipper snack? Just like smoked herring, it's basically oh, sardines. Out okay, of a, no, she'll do stuff like that too. She has. I thought it was. I thought it was fantastic. She'll do like these little oysters. The grossest thing she'll do is she'll get like she'll make herself like a little tuna salad type thing. She'll throw like peas in with some like mayo and canned tuna, and I'm just like I'm all the way out on yeah. this. Yeah, I was like, there, you, there's a lot of people that do that. I was like, a lot of people that look like who? <laughs> <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I mean, like five one, five seven. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know a lot of people that do that. Um, no, she. Uh, <laughs> I tell her, I was like, man, you gotta eat that in a different room. That's Time nice. out. Time out. I, we're just gonna get a we're gonna get a thirty here. Okay, Shane. A lot of people like who? Like who in your sphere of influence is over here clamoring for tuna and pea salad sandwiches? <laughs> Older people. Yeah, yeah. It's like you a know, de- it's like a depression era meal, is what it is. Yeah, that's what my wife eats. She eats like she survived the Dust Bowl, <laughs> and I don't understand it. Hey, this is Robbie Lula. For <laughs> all taste buds don't matter. <laughs> I mean, listen, she can eat whatever she wants, but I don't have to endorse it. Yeah, my dude just chimes in with a lot of people. A lot of that. people eat like that. I, I'm gonna go ahead and not believe that. They're Shane. called octogenarians. Not in 2023, <laughs> right? That's what that is, man. I'm telling Most you. Most of those people are no longer with us, unfortunately. Goodness gracious, man. <laughs> Peas. Yeah, it's man. It's wild. Yeah. I'm like, I need you to eat that in a different room. I'm getting some. I'm getting some vapors over here. Same same type of people that make like goulash and stuff, Shane. Now goulash isn't bad. You, you can make a good goulash. It sounds bad. The name. It's a bad name. It, it needs better branding. 
you you mean like a couple of spinoffs of goulash? You don't mean like actual goulash yeah, in its, it's original like, form? No, but it's like called a goulash still. Like there's certain styles of, okay. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I'll be honest, I can't even tell you what a goulash is. I just know that I've seen it at like... And and listen, I'm not I'm not here to thumb my nose up at historically traditional foods for some folks because I saw a mean smoked meatloaf the other day yeah. on Twitter, and I wouldn't go I wouldn't go near meatloaf. See, with, I'm not a meatloaf guy. I can't do meatloaf. Pole. I just can't. Do it's it. a hard no for me on and meatloaf. He sliced it diagonal, and they put it across this. I believe it was a focaccia bun. Mm-hmm. And it had Why do you some need a bun for meatloaf? There's already bread in there. Because it was a sandwich. Meatloaf sandwich? That's just Smoked. like bread and bread and bread. He didn't put the lid. He the lid. He didn't put the, the top. top on it. Oh, so it was like open. And things. had some of this drizzle. Okay. And it he made it look appealing. Yeah, I don't do meatloaf. That's a no for me. Yeah, hard. Just immediately no. Hard no for me as well. Can't do it. Uh, yeah. So hopefully that's not a microcosm of how this thing goes. But there'll be a lot of random I sidebar hope, conversations. Meatloaf isn't that bad. Because we didn't even get to what the cookie. Shane. Oh yeah, we didn't get to. You're the picking up where you left off yesterday on month. Do you just want to stay in the doghouse, or <laughs> do you, or are we gonna be cool? To- Still the greatest entrance in high school sports, though, to be honest. Uh, we didn't get to the, yeah, the puff pastry. So, so they are um, oh, cannoli cookies. So they're, uh, they're a lot of the flavors of a cannoli. Aren't those the ones that usually look like a, yeah, so, a ho-ho but without chalk? Aren't they usually yes. long? Yeah, so they're, it's a similar type of like pastry um, but made into a cookie, and then there's like a, the cream filling is, is kind of part of the cookie there. Just she gets a point for creativity. Oh yeah, Shane she, took a bite of one, and he goes, "These are fantastic." Yeah, she does some like wild stuff. Like it's it smells real. You took. I have a very strong sense of yeah. smell. You took the lid off. It smells like. Yeah, I almost felt like I could smell like butter. <laughs> That's probably true. You know there's, what I mean? There's a there's got there's going to be a boatload of butter in those cannoli cookies. Yeah. Yeah, say that out loud. I know. I keep wanting to say creme brulee cookies because she's made those too, and those are really, really good. Uh, she also makes these little like creme brulee little cream puffs that mm-hmm. are whew, Pop fantastic. Them. Pop them. Like yeah, candy. they're like little, just like one, like little one biters. Uh, that's that's my only complaint is sometimes the stuff is like so rich. It's like I I can do like one bite. And then I need to tap out. Yeah, that would be me. Team much, tap out. Team much, tap out. Much like much like Georgetown last night. Man, <laughs> the cookies are fantastic. Am I going to be going home and eating like cans of green beans hey, after listen, this? You know I don't how, think so. You know how good those cookies he's are. Eating he's them on actually air. eating. Yes, he's actually <laughs> eating on air. Over there, looking like cheeky Charles off the garbage pail. Kids. No, like. I don't. I don't think you can catch the green beans in a can virus. Whatever that is. Whatever the. Whatever gene makes you eat Shane, do you have a, a do can? you own a can opener? Yes. Oh. We had to go like back the, and get the a one more conventional one. can opener. Yeah. Because I could not figure out the fancy one. The pampered chef can opener. Although after you're done with it and somebody like does it for you and yeah. shows you how and you just remove the lid it's with really the sharp nice. edges. Yeah. It's pretty legit. Yeah. I saw some people doing that with their pop cans. It was on an advertisement. Oh. Where they just put the ice like in their can oh, drink. Oh, that's never occurred to me. And it takes the lid off. I'm like, eh, it kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm okay without that. I, I think. don't want to drink out of aluminum. Either. No, 
Well, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, how bad is that basketball team, though? That that You know the funny thing about Georgetown is, and we were talking about this when we were coming in, their talent's pretty good. Yeah, I would I would kind of agree with that. That's not a terrible roster. That's, not for as poor as they play. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying they're a Final Four roster, but that is certainly a 500 roster at the worst. Primo Spears can play. I think you take Wahad. You take Cutis. You, Brandon Murray's solid. Yeah. Uh, Jay Heath can be like a useful rotation player in the Big East. They've got dudes that can play at this level. I mean, you saw Primo Spears last night with no help and nothing resembling hey, my an man offense. Is, my man is shooting that thing. He is. Man, if I were – honestly, I'll give him credit. If I were if I were Primo Spears last night, I'd have taken 38 shots. Uh, he took a little less than that. Yeah, I think, I think he, he, he was took at, 17. Like, yeah, which to his credit, I, it had gone up – Every time I even thought I saw the rim. Well, he's got to be tops in the scouting report, right? And that roster looked a little – well, the starting lineup looked a little different than it did when they were in D.C., and Creighton had a much easier time of it. Boy, and, and your guy, how, how fitting is this that you get to host on the morning after your guy Trey Alexander goes bananas? Just goes ham. Yeah. Like that's your – is that like your, your, your J-Crush? Yeah, I mean, I think so. He's the guy that I appreciate his game the most. Mm-hmm. I think is how I would put it because, I mean, he did he did score twenty five points on eleven shots. That's pretty efficient. I don't know if I don't know how familiar you are with basketball analytics, but that's a good number <laughs> yeah. there. Um, that'll get it done. Uh, no, <laughs> go, go ahead. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's not bad. When you go pretty. seven for ten from three, that, well, I don't that think helps. he made a two point field goal until the second half. Yeah, it wasn't he made a, the he, little he made the little the driving the layup. Yeah, yeah. He should have had another one. They call a travel on in the first half, but yeah, did it look like he was every damn shuffling. <laughs> I mean, a little. Just it was a smidge. It I've, was. I've seen worse. Well, that's the thing is, I you see worse that doesn't get called. You know, my favorite is when people switch pivot feet when they get trapped in the post. You know, those little guards that ultimately will spin and try yes. to give you their back. These guys are forever just switching pivots, and nobody <laughs> says anything. Like, There's like, no, we're cool here. You you can't. It's like do if that. a big man did that, you call a travel immediately. D- did you did you lose your mind at any point last night? Considering that is 19-1, Georgetown didn't score their first field goal until almost right at the 12 minute mark. Yeah, it was like right at out. 12 minutes. So I was like, yeah, this is going to be one of those games. But were you thinking to yourself, ooh? Kalk's got like seven of the first ten. He's off to a huge night. Because you look at his stat line when it was over, he still was the same. Every It, it, it every looked like game. wash, rinse, repeat. Every he got off to game. the fantastic start. Still only five of eight. Mm-hmm. He did get to the free throw line a few times, yeah. so that helps out in terms of. Shot a three. Uh, he did shoot a three. The fans were begging him to shoot a three. Yeah. Well, he shoots 25% on the year, which isn't. Horrible. I mean, it's for a big. <laughs> it's like one of those pitchers. But he's that, no Dixon. <laughs> too Sorry. soon. Hashtag too, too soon. soon. You still mad? Uh, I'm not mad. I was just. How about them? Maybe not even being in the tournament though. Nova. Yeah. Oh, I don't think they are in the tournament. <laughs> well, they, they're gonna. They they'll have to win the Big East to win yeah. like the tournament. Yeah. We we may may try to throw that in our six pack. We got, I, we got some questions later on in our six pack brought to you by Zipline Brewery. That'll. I that'll, would not be surprised if they win the Big East tournament. I wouldn't at all. Nova? Yeah. Huh. They're playing good basketball right now, and when they're healthy, they're as good as anybody in the league. Yeah. I, I don't think that's shocking. Uh, what I did find shocking 
was how quickly Georgetown rolled over last night. So I, I was sitting directly behind the Georgetown bench, like two row. Like I was, it was the Greg. Georgetown bench. Well, you know, I know people. Um, <laughs> It was the Georgetown bench. It was their traveling party, and then it was me. Yeah, and so I could see every like body did language. Did people confuse you as a, a student that traveled over from Georgetown? They in did the not. DC area. They did not. <laughs> have you seen the bulk of their student population? I have. Yeah. Don't be offended. Well, you know, I'm going to pretend like we're still friends, DB. Um, for the sake of the show, we got. Hey, man! All sodas matter. <laughs> all diet sodas matter. Um. No, it, it was. I can't believe I said that, but oh well. I, I can't. Like, first, there's a couple of things I took away. I can't believe how little coaching that Patrick Ewing does. They totally were all the way checked out. They were down 19-0, and he didn't yell. Had they once. gone to the foul line yet? Because they were getting ready to get one. Yes, which honestly, the 19 to one is actually more embarrassing than 19-0. Low key. <laughs> It's like, yeah, we got fouled. We couldn't even do that right. Man. Like the 19 to 1, I was like, that's more embarrassing. That's bad. So at what point did you worry on whether people would stick around for senior night? Oh, they didn't. Oh, I, how could you? It was. You're getting drubbed. The only, so the main entertainment yeah. was going to be could you touch Ben Franklin? <laughs> like, yeah. I, which I was, I was, I wanted two things. I, I was. I was in the second half, and I'm like, I want them to win by 40, which they did. Thank you, right Sam Osmani, right for that last right three. Appreciate you. And then I wanted 100, where Ben Stolzberg missing that second free throw kind of hosed me on the 100, but I did get my 40 burger. You, so, mad, you mad at General Ben? I mean, I'm not thrilled, if I'm being honest. But so, I, and I know we're kind of joking, and it was a weird, I think only half the teams, there were maybe nine or ten top 25 yeah. games last night, and only – the higher ranked team won in half the game, so it was a weird night of. It was. I mean, was Alabama a, comes back from like seventeen down. That was a weird. Everything what is, that happened. What is Ohio State doing? All of a sudden, they look like a good basketball team, and Maryland was moving in the right direction. Yeah, Maryland had been playing good ball, and then all of a sudden, last night happens. Who? Who? Did we have this kind? I don't. Maybe it was off air, like over text or phone or something, but. Maybe. People forget we do talk sometimes. Do Georgetown's a good job, right? Yes. Well, I think so. Georgetown's a good job. So here's my only hesitation there. I don't know what their infrastructure looks like in the athletic department. Like, I was really confident that Nebraska was a good job because I know what their infrastructure looks like for football. Yeah. I think it's an okay basketball job, too, but it's a football school, obviously. But I know, okay, the NIL's in line. The resources are there. The facilities are there. The fan support's there. Like, all of it's in place to be good. So I was really confident about that. I don't know about some of those things with Georgetown. I don't know if they've got the NIL part lined up to compete in college basketball the way they need to now. I don't know what their facilities look like. I don't know. I mean, we've seen the fan base dwindle quite a bit because of how bad they've been. If oh, they, they lost 20-some-odd straight in conference. Yeah, it's hard to ask people to pay money to come out and see that. Mm -hmm. So, you, I don't know. If they become competent again, do, do they come right back? So, that's the part I don't know. On the surface, yes. they're. I mean, they're borderline blue blood, right? Like, they are a... It seems... I've got into this discussion with Drew Down. It seems like a top 15 job. It should be. If some of those things aren't in place, it probably drops down a little bit. But you're talking about the difference between, like, a top... 10 job and a top 40 job it's still a good job
Yeah, we'll get into that. We'll we'll touch on a little more college hoops. Wild night. Get into a little high school, girls' state finals going on down at PBA. Spent entirely too much time there yesterday. <laughs> uh, this is the H and H Chevrolet Studios. That's Ravi Lula. I'm ODB. This is Coffee and Cream. Back in a few. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Coffee and cream, we're back. Brought to you by H and H Chevrolet Studios. Actually, not brought to you by. Brought to you in. Yeah, that's where we at. Where we at? Our official host, the Beanery. Which, by the way, I'm telling you, if you have a thing for fruit flavors. Okay. Knock out one of the smoothies because I'll take it. You actually, it actually tastes like what the fruit name is called because that can be an illusion. Because you're not a big coffee guy, right? Uh no, not but, you, but you're a smoothie guy. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like my personality, man. <laughs> Just smooth, smooth. You, you like JB over there, <laughs> JB smooth. Dude, is he not the most <laughs> annoying person? Yes, I hate it. Like I hate he, it so he much. He reached his threshold, and I'm like all the way out. <laughs> Man, I if I see him as like a guest star on something, I'm just skipping. I'm out. I and I felt you know I feel bad because I'm you know, I'm super picky and OCD. A little sure, a little yeah. annoying sometimes. I'm it's like, like the sound of his voice. I can't say it's just it's and it's always the same. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. not gonna do it. But <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna do it. I, I start going into impersonations. The next thing you know, Shane has audio and he plays them later to hold oh, against yeah. me. JB is in like J. No, the comedian. J.B. Oh. Smooth. Tall, angular gentleman. Bald, clean, shaven head. A lot of teeth. Yeah. A lot of teeth. A lot of yeah. teeth. Because we know a lot of... of the African-American persuasion. We know a lot of J.B.'s. That's why I just wanted a little... Yes, we do. No, it's, this is a... One a of my favorite shout-out to my man in, in Bellevue, Washington. John Bostic. Okay, there we go. Man, that, he's a dude. We can talk <laughs> about crossover game. <laughs> Woo! Legend, John Bostic. Hey, so where are you... So we watched Xavier in Providence last night. Yep. Some, some did. You were probably getting your um, your libations on uh, blending in with the Georgetown travel party. Oh, I was um, you know, I was doing a little <laughs> pregame show. So a <laughs> couple of the guys that they were paying into the in in the crowd, mm-hmm. it appeared to be a a nice libations. It was because most of the clear plastic glasses had a lime in them and not beer. I was like, "Oh, that's yeah. what we're on tonight, Jays fans." Well, that's what—that's the nice thing about a Jays crowd is you do have your beer contingent, but there's a lot of cocktails. Yeah, yeah. a lot of cocktails at a Jays game. I don't know if I would just it, again. You're like, "Come on, man, grow up, DB. You're too insecure." But again, youngest of five, I am a Pisces. Uh, I don't know if I would just be slamming cocktails, knowing I would be on television sight line that's fair do you know um, what i mean is that that's a me that's a total db it thing, probably right? is but i think it's not an unreasonable concern to yeah. have it is certainly not a concern most jays fans have yeah so i had super good seats with my man ac and and uh 
I was very cognizant. Well, that and it was 11 o'clock in the morning. But I, that's not even really it because I don't care about the time. Listen, <laughs> on game days, time doesn't matter. And if it's if it's my time off, then it's my time off. Yeah. I mean, I'll worry about being judged later. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> I mean, no, I'll, I'll stop by 6, I promise. Not concerned. <laughs> so we're watching. Like, what in the world? You know, boom goes boom last night. He yeah. explodes. Yeah. He's that guy that was in the, the player of the year. Sometimes talk. he's that guy. Do you trust Xavier? No, because I don't trust Providence. I don't. I've never trust Providence because their talent level is never that high. They're usually really See, well coached. That is why I think Cooley goes to Georgetown. Okay, but here's my question about Cooley because I heard you say this the other day. Oh, I've been saying it. For I a while. know, but I I don't remember which day it was that I heard. You one of those it. days. One of the days. One of those days. DB was rambling. I, here's my question though about him: Is talk to me? Does he? not get guys at Providence because he can't get guys at Providence, or are these the types of guys he wants to coach? Because that that matters. I'd have to ask Ed. It's a fantastic question. Because we had that issue. Great question. At Well, you kind of saw a little bit with Dana Altman, right, when he was about to leave. And he, it, Well, do you know where that – so let me, I'll let you get back to this. Okay. Do you know why he gets criticized for that? Well, or why he gets that uh, – it's not even a criticism yet because I don't think you were going there – it's what he tried to do late in his career. So then we automatically went back to guys that he typically coaches. If we wouldn't have went through the P. Allen Stanette stuff and all of that. Listen, like, I'm a P. Allen stan. <laughs> I, I love P. Allen. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, I, he, I think we looked at those last couple of years and we're like, oh, he tried to be something he's not. But I just think some of those guys, it just wasn't a great fit all the time. Right. Doesn't mean that he's just, I mean, he's looking for Jimmy Chitwood. Sure. What my point Although was? Although had game, he did. He could. He could shoot it. I like a shooter. You know me. Um, <laughs> shooter, shoot. Shooter gonna shoot. There was a, there was a, a ball that almost came into the our our hands, and I was like, boys, if I catch this thing, it's going up. <laughs> Never saw. I want to see like. what a jump shot looks like on a guy that has about a fifty-one inch wingspan. <laughs> Like, what does that look like? It's a little more uh, short than it used to be. The stroke is a little shorter since I bulked up a little bit. Hey, so like if you're but at combines, which we make it into, and they're like, No, hey. so my arms are pretty long for my height. It's just that, you know, the the shoulders restrict movement a little bit. Yeah. You don't have the, the range of motion I used to. You have some spaldings for <laughs> shoulder joints. Uh, so maybe, maybe Dana Allman's not a good example. Jay Wright's a good example. Okay. Because Jay Wright was bringing in the guys that were good for Jay Wright. They made it to a Final Four. He all of a sudden had access to better players. They weren't very good with him. Then he went back to coaching the type of guys he wanted to coach. And then... Are you talking about like going from like a Brunson to a Quinterly? No, I'm talking about going from like the Kyle Lowry team to the dead years to like the first Archie Diacono. That's, and he, by the way, how is the youngest the worst? He's so bad. Him and Armstrong, they have the that, worst. That's my biggest concern about Villanova. Their point guard plays atrocious. I don't because it's almost never like that. Like no. there are some people that think Micah could be better than Kate. Like I'm well, just like, I mean, it's how like, is the youngest the worst? It's like the you don't see it a ton. No, it's like the Corver dilemma a little bit. Like they all like none of them were as good as Kyle. Like I don't know if the youngest was the worst. I don't remember the order after, but Kyle was definitely the best one. Right, so you see it sometimes, but yeah. the the this dynamic of my man can't throw it in the ocean though. <laughs> Who, Micah? No, Archie Diaco. Oh. I thought he was like, man, you just really go after your kid. No, like no, that. he uh, no, he's nice. He 
No, I, I'll give it to him. That, that, I thought that, you were just like, Mike, I can't shoot it. No, all. That, that little dude has hoop game. He's just waiting to go. No, grow. Archie Agno can't throw it in the ocean. Armstrong can't throw it in the ocean. Like, the big concern with Villanova is their point guard play. And, it, you know, they, maybe they just say, hey, Justin Moore, you're going to play point guard. And that's fine. So are we going to act like Creighton just didn't let Nova do what they did to them without Daniels and Moore going off? I mean, they were screeners. They, they scored like 14 points between them, and they dusted the Jays off. Like, well, when, that's, that's kind of a big deal in my opinion. When Dixon goes for 30, you've got some leeway with other hey, guys. Hey, bro, he dropped 20 on Creighton the first time they played. He did. My, my issue with Creighton is the way they defended Villanova. Well, that's I, a problem. And because any time, so what if you don't play against these traditional bigs? Like, what are you gonna? And you have two options. Okay, are we gonna talk job coverage here? No, I'm talking the zone. Because the only here's hey, how awkward did that be it, at this stage of the season? Be, to all of a sudden, but we season. saw what they did against Marquette with the zone. Mm-hmm. There's a level of comfort there. Obviously, now it's not gonna be. And perfect. Marquette got in the rhythm though. They did, but it took them eight minutes. Yeah, that's okay. They ran the same action for 24 minutes of that game. They did, <laughs> but it took them eight minutes to adjust to a zone. So that's something you can throw out there. My, the thing that you should be able to do, which they are really, really bad at, is you have to be able to rotate behind Kalkbrenner to cover. Yeah. And because the, he's... The, the secondary rotation? Yeah, it's the help the helper. Yeah. Kalkbrenner is the help. Somebody has to help the helper. Man. You, and you they see. don't do that. They haven't done it. It's the thing that roared its head against Arizona. Have you been watching West Side? <laughs> it drives me crazy. Nothing drives me crazy more as a, as a former basketball coach than if one of your guys goes to help and then they get hung out to dry. Mm-hmm. And then it looks like Kalkbrenner's fault. And that drives me crazy more than anything because if you don't know what you're watching, you're blaming Kalkbrenner for the bucket. And it is not his fault because he went to do his job. So you don't trust Xavier. Nope. You, you, I know you don't trust Providence. Nope. You I don't have trust to tr- Creighton. Really? No. There's, a, there's, there's too a, much up and down there. There's a, there's a question in the six-pack, which will be brought to okay. you by Zipline. I'll be curious to get your thoughts. And I think there's – Shane, are there two Creighton-related questions, I think? Ish. I mean, you don't have to throw me softballs with all the crazy. No, no. <laughs> Listen, I don't think either one of them are easy. Okay. All right. If, if you're going to ask who I trust is Marquette. I trust Marquette. That's a good More so team. than UConn. Did you, did you see Sonogo just playing last night? Here's my issue with UConn is I, I saw too much of them look like a 500 team through the first two-thirds of the schedule. I tell you schedule. what, though, they may have that backcourt figured out. They maybe do. But I've seen too many. I've seen them take too many L's for me to say, yeah, I for sure trust UConn because I've seen the bottom of the of the pit, right? You haven't seen the bottom of the pit with Marquette. It might just be a little drop off. With UConn, you know there's a bottom down there. So where do you think it would show up the most? Their offensive efficiency for UConn, Marquette. Marquette. Ooh, yeah, probably. For they, UConn, it's definitely their offense that that. Will bite they them. defy the odds, though, because they make so many two-pointers. They do, but that's where the analytics catch up with you. Or can. Yeah. They can. Well, you know what? Hold that thought. Actually, I kind of want to transition. I got to dabble in the NFL before we get Mitch Sherman because I need to get your thoughts on some quarterback stuff. That's Robbie Lua. We're back after this. and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. All right, quarterback, we have 
one quarterback on the roster. Right? So we have to add at that position, and we'll do it through free agency in the draft. We have to add two guys to our roster. So looking to find the best guys that we can add. Then there's a good group of quarterbacks in free agency and in the draft. Ah, D'Amico Ryans. Going to let you know. Hey, listen. I love D'Amico. He's That's I, my guy. Listen. Uh, the Niners thing, right? Yeah, Niners. That, guy, the yeah. love fest. Okay. I get it. Welcome back. I like uh, him as a player, too. I did. To, to coffee and cream in the morning. 888-638-4876. This just dawned on me. Yeah. You guys, um, a lot of you like email. You can email me, too. And I never give out the email address. Okay. I'm Damon at Herdot.com. I don't have an email. Well. Well, not here. Uh, or well, anywhere. Just I tell a, people. I have a personal email. Yeah, I tell if, if <laughs> folks keep dragging their feet, well, lock it up. Lock it up. It'll be a new segment. <laughs> lock it up. Uh, so you could always email the show, too. Shane, you're Mike Life Coach. Or Twitter. You can hit us up on Twitter. Twitter's easy. I get hammered on Twitter. It's it's great. Well, like, I'll give them my Twitter. Yeah. R-A-L-U-L-L-A. R-A-L-U-L-L-A. Yeah. You know where Damon is. We don't need to give his Twitter. Well, they tweet at you in unison. It's like. It's true, yeah. I think people sometimes think we're connected more than like we really are because of the vibe but we're chilling so D- D'Amico Ryan yeah, we don't like share a Twitter account is what you mean no like we're pretty no. tight hey, can, but we're not like one of those couples with a joint Facebook can, can, can you can, can we log in <laughs> which, we should we should get which, a joint Facebook which, page by David. the way do you know I will never make that plunge oh never I just cannot do Facebook oh and, I thought you meant having like the joint page with your wife Never. That's a I'll different. Never, that's never, a bad either. Ever, There's ever. like Facebook is one thing, being like we have a joint page is a total other thing. I mean, a good on. Hey, listen, no judgment here. Listen, if that's what works for you, it's not for me. Yeah. Hard no. Like you can't be representing me eating green beans out of a can, lady. <laughs> no, but you're like. Look. That's going to stick with me, it, no, but it, not near as traumatizing as Shane saying he's on the tuna and pee game. A lot of people eat that. A lot Jeez, of people. That's, oh, that's, that's totally, totally on you. So, D'Amico Ryans, I thought, had it right. Even right after they first he was announced as the Texans' new coach, mm-hmm. my man was like, hey, listen, the quarterback position is just one spot. We need to make sure that all our spots on our roster – are good enough to support quarterback play. And I'm like, spoken like a guy that's watched three and a half different quarterbacks of his last team be functional and win games. Yeah, I mean this – Even your knockoffs of the knockoffs in the last four years in San Francisco have been functional. Yeah, I mean more than functional, right? Like, you know, there's – So D'Amico Ryans comes from the school of build around the quarterback. Well, so I think the thing that people make a mistake with with quarterbacks isn't overemphasizing their importance because they are that important, right? I mean, you if you've got Patrick Mahomes or one of, or Joe Burrow or one of those dudes, the, By the rest way, why was there the other why was there another Joe Burrow article the other day? Dude, cuz people can't help themselves. Dude, I'm like it's do like we not late, know the story. It's late February, early March. People are like, "Hey, I wonder if we can find anything new about how Joe Burrow didn't come to Nebraska." <laughs> I'm like, "Come though." So, like, guys, flip on. I need you guys to be a little more creative with your content. Man. So, did you shed a tear like 
when D'Amico left, or you knew it was inevitable? I knew it was inevitable. I was I was hoping he had a better landing spot than Houston. I know that he likes Houston because of his playing days and that kind of thing. I don't think that's a well-run organization, so I, I was a little bummed out for him there. But it seemed like he had his options, and that was his choice. So whatever you want, D'Amico, that's cool. I assumed he was leaving. Winnable division, though. Winnable division, but, man. Although that's I, don't, a, I don't know if Jacksonville's going anywhere. That's though. a tough, tough own, like front office situation. So They've he, been dysfunctional. So when a guy takes a job or a gal takes a job like that, you have to figure you know what you're getting yourself into. I hope so. I hope they do. I hope it wasn't just, hey, I really, I really like Houston. I consider that home. I want to go back. So how does a guy that cheers for a team that hasn't had an established star quarterback view star quarterbacks? So that's, that's, that's kind of where I was getting to with D'Amico, right, is I don't think that the mistake that people make isn't overemphasizing the importance of quarterback. It's taking a chance on a guy that isn't one of those dudes, right? People talk themselves into – Guys that are never going to be those dudes. Richardson, Levis. I mean, Richardson's the one that I'm struggling with a lot right now. I I agree with Levis, too. I watched a knockdown dragout on a talk show two days ago over the Levis-Richardson debate. And weird, it somehow, at the end of the day, boiled down to race. I was like... (sighs) So I look at this whole draft class, and I'm like, I don't know if any of these guys are dudes. I don't. I think some of them Pardon? are. Pardon? Yeah. I, don't, I mean. Any of them? Well, listen, there's guy. I, I like Bryce Young. But He's I, an elite talent. But I worry about his size. Oh, you don't say. I worry. About, that sounds like a question in the six-pack. I, I worry about his ability to stay healthy, the way he plays. Like, listen, the talent, not a question for me. But availability is part of the equation, right? That's part of the reason, you know, we revere some of these guys that are just always available. They're always there. They're always healthy. As if I'm not working. <laughs> but I love my family. The, you know, after the first two guys, I'm not sold on anybody. So who is your? Who are your first two? Stroud and, and Young. Who do you like between Stroud and Young? I like Sh- I like Young's game better. I like Stroud's body better. So is Stroud a victim of his own school's success? Absolutely. Yeah. So do you know, it's weird, on the high school level, do you know who gets some of that? Who? Bellevue West. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of sad. Yeah, no, for sure. But, no, you're right. but, but it hasn't hurt their offers. So Yes. As long as it doesn't hurt the offers, yeah, I, yeah, like, I'm good. Because I, I, I've seen that work. I was telling a – it's not even a funny story. It was just a story I was telling. I remember – during the draft when I was coming out in college, I remember my agent telling me about the perceptions of Nebraska running backs mm-hmm. being too comfortable with running through holes. Yeah. Weren't really – hadn't historically been tough guys that make tough yards because they're used to Yeah, because easy the offensive street. line is open up. Yeah, and I holes. just was like, ah, oh, that sucks. Like You're like, how is that my problem? Yeah. Like, I like <laughs> hey, I love between the tackles. Give me 42-counter trap, dive all day long. You're like, but, what do you want me to do? Tell my offensive line to block worse? Yeah, try to tell them, man, I'm not fast anyway. Like, <laughs> let me just get downhill. That's what I wanted to say. But no, they, so, so, get, I, so I get yeah. getting pigeonholed because of uh, – You get pigeonholed a little bit, and I think you also get graded on a different curve, right? Like you get like the Ohio State quarterback because of how successful they've been in college. We don't really care about the C.J. Stroud numbers no matter how good they are, 
right? Yeah, because that's the, the given. I mean, he looked pretty good against that Georgia team. He, yeah, he did. And he ran the He's ball. He's about when the he only to. guy that did all year looked like a dude against Georgia. I don't know if you know this though, but if Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't get hurt, oh my gosh, it's like. <laughs> Now, have you guys yeah. never played anything before? Like, that stuff happens. It does happen. It's like, <laughs> like Alabama last year who was down like to their third and fourth wide receiver. It's like, yeah, they probably win last year, but they didn't. So here we are. So you don't, so you're not on, on a draft class mm-hmm. in, this, in 2023, which could have as many as five quarterbacks. Who's number five in the, in the first round you're talking about? Nah, you probably won't get five in the first round. You sh- certainly will get four. You're getting four, four for sure. I think you're going to get four in the first ten picks. Wow. I think that's where it's going. I saw a mock draft the other day. I had Anthony Richardson number one. No, I did. I saw that. And I lost wow. my mind. Yeah. Like, I don't – Josh Allen is going to ruin so many other teams' drafts because they're going to see what the Bills did with Josh Allen, which, by the way, he still turns the ball over a ton. Oh, yeah. But hey. you see the highlights, and you're like, ooh, we could do that. Is now the time that I get into the statistical comparison of Josh Allen and Dak Prescott? Uh, they're eerily similar. Yes. And one guy is a lot more maligned than the other. I say one guy is viewed as one of those dudes, <laughs> and one guy is viewed as Kirk Cousins 2.0. <laughs> Which, by the way, how would you like to be the best quarterback in your franchise history? And be the and, standard and, of mediocrity? Yeah, and be Kirk Cousins. <laughs> right? We're like, we're, they're really debating over whether to lock Cousins up long term. Give Minnesota a top. 16 defense, yeah. and that team looks a heck of a lot different. Probably, but like, there's, there's this stigma I, of Kirk Cousins you no, can't get over. No. I, you see, you're going to get me to get all sorts of worked up. <laughs> I'm a constant defender of Kirk Cousins. For ye- I'm, we're going on some years yeah, now. Yeah. Like, I, can't st- it, I love the low-hanging fruit. Oh, man, what time are they playing the game? Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, he's, a, he's a pretty game. good NFL and I'm like, listen, man, the dude is top halves in the league oh, and easy. then some. He's probably top third in the and league. And you guys are whining about Like, get some stops. He's probably top third quarterbacks in the league. Oh, I love it, too. I, it's a couple years. Last year, and this was before Jefferson's record-breaking year, it was mm-hmm. – you know, well, what if he didn't have Justin Jefferson? Oh, really? I mean, he didn't have Jeff- Justin Jefferson really? in Washington. He didn't have Justin Jefferson for a lot of the time in Minnesota. Well, He's proved himself s- s- to did, be a did, pretty good NFL quarterback. Were we watching Josh Allen with that little stretch where he was getting adjusted to being without Diggs? Oh. Or Kyler Murray without D-Hop? Or, I mean, but, Kyler Murray anytime, basically. I mean, What do you have against little quarterbacks? It's not anything against him. I don't have a problem with Kyler Murray because of his size. I just... You don't like Kyler Murray? I don't know how good he is. Kyler really Murray. talented. I just don't know. I don't Kyler. know how good you are going to be if he's your quarterback. Kyler Murray got a big deal. He did get a big deal. Kyler Murray apparently made I the right decision between baseball and football. I would have been a little no, uncomfy. No, Shane. Tell Doc it was a big deal. It was and By a big the way, deal. how you selfish. I, you're going to tell me no. Do you watch Doc Sadler on Twitter? I do not, no. Dude. Is, he, is he pretty funny? Doc Sadler is like we're, we're Ed Foley right on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> Just old guy who doesn't care. Constantly eating good meals, yucking it up. The people love him. Doc is wild. He's living his best life? Yes, he is. Take a quick break. We're going to get Mitch Sherman next, which 
the show's going to get a whole lot smarter. So if you were waiting for some guys to like up the IQ content, don't turn that dial. Mitch Sherman up next. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Welcome back, Coffee and Cream, going up on a thirst trap kind of Thursday, live from the H&H studio. My main man, Ravi Lula, filling in for Andrew Rogers. 8 o'clock, straight up. Let's do it. It's my Paula Abdul moment, because you have such hard outs, it's easy to stay on clock or you get cut off. That's true, yeah. (laughs) Which enables us to stay on time with our peers like Mitch Sherman, who's covering Nebraska for the Athletic Fantastic. And apparently we're going to raise our IQ level. Mitch, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Damon, Robbie, how are you guys? We're we're hanging in there, hanging in there. Uh, Mitch, let me ask you something. So I'm watching this kind of Nebraska basketball season unfold, and I'm I'm not going to throw you such a curveball, but philosophically, I'm watching this Nebraska season unfold, and – Michigan State happens, and they have a really bad 11-minute stretch, and Michigan State goes bananas, the story we know. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, how's Coach Hoiberg going to put together the roster next year? Is it plug and play, or are we just mm-hmm. filling in a couple of holes? Meanwhile, they still got to go to Iowa City. We still got a Big Ten tournament. How did it change so fast in 24 hours when on Monday it was, how many do they have to win to get into serious consideration for attorney bid? <laughs> like, is that an us problem? <laughs> yeah, my read on that is that the questions were already there. We just didn't want to think about them while they were on that hot streak. We wanted to think about what would happen if Nebraska could have beaten Michigan State, and for a half in that game it looked like that was going to happen or at least a real possibility, and then – you know, you go from there, and maybe you have a chance at, at at Iowa. Maybe you have a chance to win a few games in the Big Ten tournament, and those things are, are, are still out there. But ultimately, those questions would have come to light about next season and, okay, how do you do this without Sam Griesel and Derek Walker and maybe Kei Tomanaga? Um, and they would have been hard questions to answer, at least until we see the results of what Nebraska can get out of the transfer portal and, the um, decision from Casey and but while that run was going in Nebraska was one of the hottest teams in the country man I saw a uh, a statistic on I, I wish I knew the source of it but it was about the hottest teams in the month of February and it was like Kansas um, you know a list of blue bloods and then Nebraska at the bottom and that's just not a place that Nebraska's used to being in basketball or, or in football right now and there wasn't a reason. There was, we weren't motivated to talk about the holes that Fred Hoiberg had to fill while that fun was happening. And, of course, it ended in the second half on Tuesday night. Mitch, what kind of level of confidence do you have in Nebraska's ability to build on this, whether it's in terms of rebuilding the roster with all the guys you mentioned probably gone or even just continuing the culture that finally seemed to sink in this year. Is this something, like, what is translatable from this year moving forward since a lot of the key pieces aren't? Well, I don't claim to, you know, know the ins and outs of the the roster with basketball like I do for football. Mm-hmm. I mean, I cover it 
just a little. Uh, wrote a story last week about Hoiberg and talked to Sam. And, you know, I was at the game on Tuesday night. And, you know, I'll say I, I was really impressed with Jamarcus Lawrence. Um, you know, first time I've seen him up close and mm-hmm. in person. And, and as a freshman, you know, he gives me hope that Nebraska can build around him and and some other young guys in the program and then we know how basketball works i know people don't want to hear that it's a rebuild every season and that's the way it's been for fred hoiberg and mm. you feel like you're going back to square one it doesn't need to be square one um there are some pieces they can build around but i think you have hope because of how much you you, you do have the ability to bring people in and um you know while dylan rayola was getting all the attention at pba last weekend um, there was a basketball recruit who was, you know, nearly as as uh, heralded as Raiola in his own sport. You know, a seven foot two um, prospect, and and you know maybe Nebraska doesn't get him. I, I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on with John Bowl and, and his recruitment because I, you know, I haven't written about that. Um, but just the fact that they're in on guys like that gives me some confidence that Fred is going to be able to restock this roster. You know, whether it's through retaining players. Um, you know, the transfer portal or, or recruiting. So I think there is hope. He does know how to build a roster. That's never really been the question with Fred Hoiberg. He can build a roster. It's putting a team together that plays like the, the, this one showed us at times this year. Mitch, let me ask you something. Uh, with, you know, volleyball, Coach Cook's seen the influx of having some transfers and have Nebraska be a, a destination spot. He's also had some players leave Nebraska because of the competitive environment and find another destination mm-hmm. spot. Real bold, not afraid to carry 40 and let the competition sort it out. Nebraska basketball kind of plugging and playing, rebuilding on the fly like college basketball does. Football, 40 new faces. That's over almost 80 in the past two off-seasons of the previous staff combined with Coach Rule. Is Nebraska become, have they gone from the model of consistency to better figure out how to play the game? It sort of looks that way right now, but, you know, I don't think that's the goal. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think Trevor Alberts wants his programs to be a place where, you know, you're just bringing in mercenaries to, to run things. You know, there, there's a balance that you have to strike there and, and, you know, certainly John Cook, you know, like with everything else that, that he does with his volleyball program, you know, he, he's he's shown how that can work. Still the heart and soul of his program, the core of his program are the players that he's recruited out of high school. And you see that now with the team that, you know, that he had this year. And, and you know, he brings in a transfer from, what, Florida, I believe, uh, Merritt Beeson, um, this offseason to fill a hole that Nebraska had. You know, Nebraska lost a key player. Um in Whitney Launstein and and so there you go you you go you find a replacement that that's you know I think what the um the hope is the the vision is for for football and basketball is to use the portal in, in the way that that John Cook has done it and he's brought in some outstanding players um you know he's embraced uh, transfer culture in in college sports and Nebraska's lost some players that's the way it's going to be but um no you don't want it all of course I mean, that's I think fairly obvious. You don't want it, you know, all to come out of the portal. Sometimes it seems that way in basketball more than any sport, but and it's getting that way in football. But you, you know, you want, you need to have that base of your roster, the core coming from um, your own recruiting efforts. Um, it's interesting to look at the at the combine, the NFL combine, which is just getting started now mm-hmm. um, with the player workouts in Indy. And you know, a year ago, Nebraska had four guys at the combine. They were all recruited to the school 
out of high school, two by Riley and two by Frost. And this year, and it's just, this is just a one-off, you know, I don't yeah. expect that it's going to be this way, but all three of the guys who were there came via the portal. Um, and there's nobody at the combine for Nebraska this year who was recruited to Lincoln um, by a, a Nebraska coach out, out of high school. And you can argue that maybe Garrett Nelson should be there, but you know, I, I saw a list from some NFL um, personnel people who, who had what the top 15 or 20 combine snubs and, and he wasn't on it. Um, so maybe he should have been on that list. I think, you know, I think he can be an NFL player and I'd, I'd be I'd curious what you think, Damon, but um, the fact is the three guys who were there, Travis Vokalek, O'Shawn Mathis and Trey Palmer, um, they all came to Nebraska via the portal. Real quick, and because I, I know you want to talk to everybody once, Mitch. <laughs> I, I'll just say this, Mitch. Um, I wish Garrett Nelson had the opportunity to reconsider. And I know hindsight is twenty twenty, and he may have some unique situations, whether it was an agent, not agent. I'm not sure how he kind of left it with Nebraska in terms of coming back. But that's just one of those things, Mitch, where it, it – Sometimes you you get in that I'm going to strike while the iron's hot. I, I kind of got a mm-hmm. high commodity versus man. I trust you even though I don't know you. Can you help next level me? And for yeah. Garrett Nelson, you know, I I kind of think now he feels he feels a little bit stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I don't know. I, I I see it both ways. I understand right. if he was thinking that if he was thinking that hey, I've been a college player for four years. You know, this COVID thing gave me an extra year. That doesn't necessarily mean I should be older when I make a shot at the at the NFL and and um, you know I don't know what a year would have done. Um, maybe in in Tony White's defense, you could have found a spot where you could really feature him and he would open eyes. And I, but it, it's it's hard for me to believe that one year w- that a year later when he was what is he now twenty three? If he's twenty four, is he then going to get an invite invite to the combine a year from now? I think he'd have probably been back in a similar situation with just more more. Um, you know, more, more miles on his body. That's why we asked the questions to get a little smarter. <laughs> Mitch, you... I don't know. You know that better than me. No, I, I... See, but you know what? I didn't ask it like... I didn't... I'm not asking. I didn't think of it like that. It's like, okay, let's say super myopic, best case scenario, he does come back. Okay, does 23 make a big difference from 24? Well, then some people think he's too old. Like, at no point until you just was, said that did I think like that. Mm-hmm. I think he looked at what Jojo, what happened with Jojo last year mm. and Jojo got an invite to the combine and I, I believe 24, he was 24 at the time of the draft, but then he didn't get drafted. Yeah. I mean, if you get invited to the combine and you don't get drafted, there's no, it doesn't matter. So, yeah. and, and great, you know, great for him. He got an opportunity and he made the most of it. He's, he's in the NFL, but he had to go the hard route. And I think part of that was, you know, because of the injury history and also his age. Mitch, you had a mailbag on Friday. You tackled some questions about Dylan Rayola. Yeah. One of the is a guy we don't talk about very often, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. We talk a lot. It's about, your fault, Mitch. You're the one that got intimate. You were with the family. I mean, they let you in. That's rare. I, I'm glad. I'm glad for it to be my fault. It's, it's <laughs> adding a lot of a lot of spice to the off season, right? I mean, what else would we be talking about right now? We're two weeks more than two weeks from spring practice. Well, we were talking about meatloaf earlier, so uh, okay. uh, Dylan Raiola is probably better. Um, you, you, we talk a lot about the potential positive impact of a Dylan Raiola commitment. You kind of started tackling the idea of. What does the negative impact look like if they don't re- land Rayola? Oh. What what are some of those negative impacts in your mind? Oh my gosh! Yeah, somebody asked. I, I I didn't bring that up. Somebody asked me the question of is it Dylan Rayola or bust? That's the mailbag. Um, 
And so I don't think it is. You know, I probably took a glass half full approach to answering that question. And that's just kind of the mood around Nebraska football right now is glass half full. Mm -hmm. So, and that's how I feel about the quarterback position and Dylan. I mean, of course, there's a lot of excitement about him and it would be really disappointing if he chose to go somewhere else. But the nature of quarterback recruiting, you know, we just got done talking about the portal. Nebraska would be fine. I mean, maybe it's able to turn on a dime and, and get one of its other prospects in this 2024 class um, to commit. You know, you see guys who were kind of waiting and wondering what Dylan Rayola is doing. And that's not just at Nebraska. You know, that's at other schools, too. You mm-hmm. know, Georgia's got an interesting quarterback situation right now. They've got a commitment in the 24 class and an offer out to an in-state player um, who is really highly regarded. I think he's a top 100, 100 player in, in the country. And, you know, he's probably in a situation like like Danny Kalen from mm-hmm. Bellevue West, um, you know, who can't really um, commit to the in-state school um, because their top priority is not him. And, yeah, yeah. So um, if it goes that direction for Nebraska, and, and for the record, I don't think it will. I think Nebraska is, is going to land Dylan Rayola here um, in, 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 the, in the spring. I mean, this, this month probably. Um, that's just, and that's just my my gut feeling mm-hmm. on it after watching la- last weekend in particular to see them come in and, and have him sitting courtside at the basketball game and you know I maybe it's an emotional um, reaction maybe maybe that that, that uh, prediction I'm making is is based on emotion but I, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna go that direction and if it doesn't they'll be fine um, there could be a 24 guy or you know there's gonna be a, an influx of quarterbacks that go into the portal in May and then another one. In December, before he's even ready to sign and show up on campus at any school, which would be next January, December sign, January enroll, um, there's going to be multiple opportunities for Nebraska to to add to its quarterback depth, to add to its quarterback future, either through recruiting or through the portal. So, um, you know, while you want to get him, of course, and it's, it would be a huge milestone for Matt Rule in this program, if you don't, you know, you're, I think you're still going to be okay at the quarterback spot. Totally taking advantage of your personality and your temperament here. So bear with me with the question. Do you think whatever we think the relationship was between the Rayolas and the previous staff, in particular Coach Frost, and we, they, we saw this play out with the Savior, he was coined the golden boy, mm-hmm. the prodigal son returning home how that landed. Do you think there's any sort of dialogue or talk in the Rayola family about being the, the chosen one coming back to Lincoln, given the state of where the program is as a legacy player? So is, is, um, is the Scott Frost situation a, um, a you, lesson? Is there a lesson to be learned? Yes. From the way it, I, I mean, I don't think that Scott failed because he was a legacy or because he, he had history with Nebraska. To me, that's not the that's not the, the reason, certainly not the main reason that things didn't work out because he had been a quarterback at Nebraska. I, that that to me, it gave him a leg up at the start. And that was kind of the consensus in 2017 and 2018 was this was going to be an edge for Scott Frost because he had so much um, skin in the game and everybody was supporting him. And at the beginning that was the case. And of course, you know, as the, 
success didn't come. Things got divisive as they do in Nebraska always, um, seemingly win or lose. And, you know, the honeymoon ended and, you know, things organizationally just spiraled into a direction that nobody really wanted. So that those, those symptoms of the, um, of the, the failures that happened at Nebraska over the past five seasons to me are not directly related to the fact that Scott Frost is from Wood River and played at Nebraska and won a national championship under Tom Osborne. Um, they're separate conversations. So, and it, you know, and I don't know how Dominic sees it and, and how Dylan sees that, but I don't, I don't think they see what happened with Scott Frost as a, um, you know, a warning of what it could be. What they, what they do see, I'm sure, and maybe this is what you were getting at, Damon. I'm sure what they do see is that it's going to create a lot of pressure. Not that, just because that, that that's know, that yeah, that's the essence. Right. Not just because he's the number one player in the country. There's a huge amount of pressure that comes with that mm-hmm. no matter what. And, you know, whether he went to USC, Oregon, Georgia, Nebraska, that pressure is going to exist. That this guy's got five stars on his back. And, you know, well, that's a great thing when you're seventeen, when you're twenty and you haven't won a Heisman, all of a sudden that becomes a burden. <laughs> so that, that yeah, that, that absolutely, there's some parallels to draw with Scott Frost. And Scott Frost was once that five-star quarterback. And, you know, now you're drawing a parallel between Frost as a player and Rayola as a player. And, you know, maybe part of the reason that Scott Frost didn't come to Nebraska way back in 1993 um, was because of some of those pressures that he thought that he was going to, incur and it was the the time was right two or three years later but um there's parallels to draw there i think that that make more sense than he was the um the golden boy coming home and that dylan would be seen the same way Uh, i think dylan could use that to his advantage because you know he'd have everyone in his corner if he's the guy whether it's going into the 24 season who's getting ready to start or even the the 25 season you know he's going to have more support more people behind him more people cheering him on, wanting him to win, feel like feeling like um, he is one of them. Um, you know, maybe that than any quarterback who's who's played that spot since. Um, you know, I, I I immediately think of Eric Crouch, but there there haven't been many um, like Dylan. This like the situation that he would be in in this program um, if if he if he chooses that route. Yeah, it's funny you bring up EC. That's what you just described is the number one reason, and I typically don't fawn over guys that are that much younger than I am. Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons that I love Crouch, not only as a player but as a person, mm-hmm. he weathered the storm. Oh, Be- yeah. Because Dom's, storm Dom's, Dom's not that guy. Like Dom, You saw him at PBA, right? He doesn't want the – that's mm-hmm. not his style. That's not his wife's style. They're not mm-hmm. limelight, look-at-me guys, and that's what he's going to get. And to be able to tackle that and embrace the expectations and it I just have a special place in my heart for people that can handle the scrutiny that comes with the pressure of being the quarterback of this state. When when Dylan stood up and threw the bones and, you know, had a big genuine smile on his face, he liked the attention that he was getting clearly and this is new for him, you know, if that happens um, several years from now, even if he is having a lot well, of What ain't happening at SC, right? I mean, they go to that basketball <laughs> game. That's not happening. No, no. Um, but if that happens a few years from now, like if he goes to a game on a 
Saturday when he's a junior at Nebraska and he gets that same kind of ovation. You know, you, it's not. I'm sure he'll be happy and he would stand up and wave and just do whatever. Um, but it wouldn't be that that rush that he felt um, as a as a high school junior. You know, that's new and that's going to fade. That's going to go away. And I looked at I looked at Dom and Dayton um, when he sat back down and the camera the camera panned. I, I wasn't there, but I saw the video. When the camera panned to those two, as Dylan sat back down in the look, I looked. I wanted to see the look on Dominic's face. Like, how did he? Fe- <laughs> how did he feel in that moment? And you kind of brought that he, up. A he's smart, ago. man. Yeah, and it was like he he, ha- he kind of had this knowing, um, like it was a smile. You know, he wasn't he wasn't upset that the um, you know that happened and that the crowd. Um, you know, was showing all that love for Dylan, as, as of course he wouldn't be. But I, I don't, I, I guess he wasn't uncomfortable with that situation, and I wanted to see if he looked uncomfortable. Yeah. And he just kind of had this this happy, kind of content little little smile on his face, which maybe I'm reading into it, but that kind of that kind of told me a lot about what was going on in his mind right there. Let me get you out of here on this, Mitch. I, I I've been asking this question all week uh, because there's a lot of uh, the the joke is Kool Aid's being. You know, we're adding adding sweetener, right? With each Matt Rule presser, the, you meet the staff, Dr. Elsa. We'll talk to her tomorrow on the show where it's like, oh, yeah, oh my gosh, I'm all in. And I said to myself, well, it can't be that linear and that easy, can it? And I had a buddy text me, and they said, well, for six or seven years, you said it shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> so do you get the sense that it's that easy, or is it because it's the off season and there's no W's and L's? It just seems like this feels different with this staff. Yeah, it does. They're 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 experts in this marketing kind of PR stuff, and that and that doesn't mean that they're not going to be fantastic when it comes to coaching football. But I think there's a need to differentiate those things. They're very very good at communication, and that was one of my number one takeaways from Matt Rule on November 28th when he flew into Lincoln, you know, with Corey Campbell and Evan Cooper and. Um, he walked off that plane, you know, went into the airport hangar, started shaking hands, yeah. came to campus, walked out of the East Stadium by the Devaney statue, you know, saw the fans there, came down to the Hawk Center. You know, everything he did, and I'm sure Trev had a, had a role in this and others did too with like, okay, go go here, do this, do this. It seems very instinctive for Rule um, in just like interacting with people and communicating. And that definitely – I mean – that's a factor in why he chooses the people that he's chosen to be around him. Mm-hmm. But um, it also is very natural for them too. Um, and I think part of that is like his, his impact, they see him and they're like, okay, this is okay for us to embrace all of these people around us. Um, I think it's, you know, great that you're talking to Dr. Elza tomorrow. I'm, you know, interested in talking to her myself. So congrats on getting that interview before I got it. But I've, <laughs> I've, I've heard her. I've heard her talk. Yeah, I've heard her talk on on some. I'm ca- I'm captivated, and, and she's she's inspiring. Just to hear her, um, to, to to listen to her and the trail that she's blazed in the state of Texas, and just the relation. I mean, it's not normal. I don't think for people in her position to have those kind of relationships with coaches and players. That how about her? In, how about her insight? It's right. ridiculous. And the fact that she, uh, the fact that she would just when rule they met she met rule because 
she would just go to Baylor practices <laughs> yep. when she was when when he was in charge because she felt like that was something she should do in her position. Uh, she, she he had high school coaches on his staff. He of course recruited players who came out of the UIL. So I want I can't wait to hear more about that. In fact, I'm going to be in Texas next week. Um, you know, going to a bunch of those places that that Matt Rule developed relationships, and uh, you know, I want to be able to tell that story from. Um, you know, from the uh, ground zero in the state of Texas. And I'll be in Waco and DFW and should come back with some good stuff. But, um, you know, we'll be interested to hear what what uh, what Dr. Elza has has to say about those same things um, to you guys this week. Simply the best. Appreciate you, Mitch. Have a good one. Thank you. Thanks a lot. He's as good as it gets. That's Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Coming up, more Ravi and I. We'll dumb it down. I've got a question for you. <laughs> uh, let's talk. Let's do it. Coffee and cream. and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Welcome back. Coffee and cream. Uh, it's funny. I, I got to plug this, but you guys, you folks know me, super authentic, no shame. What we talk about off air, <laughs> in between breaks, that kind of stuff, a lot of times that's where the good stuff happens. Oh, yeah. So make sure you come out and have breakfast tomorrow. I've learned to be comfortable. It wasn't always my thing. I'm not a great sharer. Sure. Especially with people I don't know. You can be a little introverted. A little but bit. I do like, uh, for you, high five, because I appreciate your uh, emotional maturity when we talk about difficult things. But come come see what we do, how we do it. Come say hi to Shane. See why he hides behind his little <laughs> Snoopy and Woodstock birdhouse back there with all the equipment. You can try. You got to get as, past Sasha first. As, so. as we're playing, radio. hey, she's no joke. <laughs> she sent me a text a little bit ago. She's like, "Hey, can you come by the office after the studio after the show?" Oh, am I supposed to say no? You going to the principal's <laughs> office? I, do you know what my response was? God is my witness. I'll be there right after the show. <laughs> I was supposed to say like, "Yes, ma'am." I think it's the ink, right? She I think intimidates you a little bit. I, I th- uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, she's she's kind of like this closet lover, but comes off as kind of pretty tough. So sure, I, I could see that. So I, I just err on the tough side because yeah. I'm not trying to go there. <laughs> not trying to get on the wrong side of the tough? <laughs> yeah. She's like, listen here. <laughs> and she cusses, I don't, so I'd probably hear that. And I was like, hey, man, I'm just trying to do the right thing. <laughs> but, yeah, make sure you come out and see us for breakfast tomorrow. Uh, doors open at 645. Chef Nick, he is uh, he's a monster. And we've Getting got after we've it. got some Frenchies. Okay. Yeah, like double dip, like this kind of Monte Cristo theme. Okay. Um he, he and I arm wrestled over the cereal concept. Okay. But since he's significantly better at his craft than I am, <laughs> I conceded. But uh we're we're wishing A Rod, uh Andrew Rogers the best in terms of feeling better. I do appreciate the fact he's toughed it out up to this point. Yeah. But I'm enjoying my man Ravi Lula in the meantime because he is the ultra Swiss Army knife. Well, you know, I sometimes try. you can open a can. Sometimes you can not a can of green beans, though. Woof. Is it a? It's a Leatherman. Severe taught taught us it's a Leatherman that we're after, not a Swiss Army knife. Well, I mean, you say Leatherman though, and nobody else. Is that the brand? I don't know. I probably. So is that like saying you're a Hoover versus a vacuum? The Hoover the is Hoover the type? versus the Dyson. Oh, could you be? Yeah. So yeah. So like that. Yeah, because I think a Leatherman is as a brand. I'm guessing. 
I don't know. That's probably like the military brand that they use because he, you know, severe. Yeah, that's his jam. All I stuff. know is he went on vacation and then it, it, he didn't get it back when he was on vacation. Oh, yeah, they took oh. it yeah. from him at the airport. Oh, yeah, 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 he, yeah. And he had had it, I think, for 20 since, years. Since his military days, probably. It was a gift. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was salty. Oh, I would imagine. I mean, straight more. I mean, it doesn't take a lot to get severe salty. Pink Himalayan. <laughs> Light get, skin. That, get that bougie. <laughs> Light skin Himalayan. Get that bougie song. Uh, no. fant- fantastic conversation with Mitch Sherman. He's super smart. And, you know, he. some of these guys, and I, that's why I love our guests, because mm-hmm. they let us go there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we asked some questions. I can't wait. Again, a programming note. We got Dr. Elsa. We'll try to get her for two segments. We've got her at the big block. What time is she scheduled for, Shane? She is scheduled for nine o'clock. Nine o'clock, and we'll we'll pipe her in on the big screen. Okay. We'll zoom she her in. She's pretty excited about it. Nice. So there we go. Yeah. So here's the problem. What's that? And I'm gonna let you ask the question. Yeah. I think she thinks we're better than we are. Right. She's kind of she she gave Shane the corn. Okay. And fire emoji. Okay. And said, can't wait. So here's what I'm going to say to that. Do I have a level that I have to achieve? Is I, there an expectation level? I think you're selling yourself a little short here. Uh, we'll see. Because. I don't think we'll be the smartest people in the room. No. Which is okay. But recognizing that makes it for a better interview. Yeah, I just think, and you know me, I'm I'm going to. You want to learn. You want to learn from yeah. her, right? So what happened was I went back and I listened to, and it's not just because she's a coworker. I, I always tell Jessica Cootie, she has a, she has like this gift mm-hmm. to kind of get people to open up during interviews because yeah. it's hard. Yeah, yeah. And 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 she's she's really good at it, especially so people that do a lot of interviews. Right, and because they kind of have don't, their canned answers. Yeah, and I don't even think it was a as a woman to woman thing. I think it was a a professional to a professional. Mm-hmm. And they kind of found this sweet spot. And she had her for like 23, 24 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. yeah, Oh, no look past oh. Grizzle to Casey. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be so mad. At I'm telling you, Shane, don't mess with her. Leave her alone. <laughs> well, we need to figure out a way to work her in. No, no I told her. She, and you know what? We can, we can get yeah, her yeah, on. Yeah. We can get her on like, you know, whenever. She's... Don't let the looks fool you. She's <laughs> Shane will be like, yeah, what happened? I'll say. She's, oh. she's nails. She's tough. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. So, like, I'm just listening, and I was like, you know what? We got to have it. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a lot in there. So we'll have to sweet talk, Shane, and see if we can keep her for two segments. So what I think that you'll have going for you is, like, different styles bring out different answers from people, right? And yeah. so that's the advantage you have of whether you consider yourself a little bit more this environmental, more casual than kind of a formal sit-down interview mm-hmm. is sometimes the environment itself allows for people to open up a little bit and yeah. say things that, like, I don't know, I say things that when I'm with you that I <laughs> never yeah. don't anywhere else. So, I mean, that's it, part it, of it. I, and there's something to that. Yeah. There, there's something to that, I think. So, you know what I used to hear that a lot with? What's that? And and you have kind of doubled down on that. Like, you know, and I always tell people about Ravi. I was like, well, you have to have some, you have to, you have to be strong because your delivery. Yeah. It can be intimidating. And I'm just like, well, he's not a know-it-all. He doesn't think he knows. He's just He talks to you in such a way where he's going to get you to believe that. Well, that's kind of the job too, right? Yeah, and, and, I, and, I, and I ask you in your, your chat groups. I'm just like, how do you just not bully 
nice guys like Padilla and Matt DiMarinas. Oh, yeah. Well, I, well, I told you, we had a knockdown drag out oh. not that long ago <laughs> over Ryan Nemhard. Yeah. And it wasn't. Do they want to kick you out of the chat group because you're the only mean guy? Oh, no. I think they, I think they appreciate me. And they're, listen, they're, they're more willing to be critical in private than they are in public, which I understand because their job is more, they do some opinion, but it's a lot more reporting than I do. I'm an opinion guy. That's all I do. I don't report. Shocker. I'm not a journalist. (laughs) Like, I'm just out here, like, spitting takes, right? So what happened was earlier this year, Nemhard was not playing great basketball. We find out later he'd been sick for a while. I don't know how much that was part of it. But he had a stretch when Creighton was struggling where he was not playing great. Is that fair? Yeah. And I posited the idea that with the way the lineup worked, it might be worth exploring bringing him off the bench as kind of a Manu Ginobili type. Not that he wasn't one of your five best players, but that maybe he's more valuable anchoring a second unit that didn't have ball handlers and didn't have scorers because, you know, this hasn't been a great scoring second unit for Creighton for most of the year. And so that was my argument. And obviously, Nemhard started playing really well after that, and I look like an idiot. But during that stretch, I don't think it was an unreasonable question to ask. Yeah, I get it. What that turned into, and this is where we actually got mad, was your boy Padilla. <laughs> now he's my boy. Called I, it, I am a JP guy. Called, I am too, most of the time. <laughs> but he, he called it a shock jock take. And I got mad. Oh. I got mad about that because say what you—that's about as negative as Jacob Padilla will ever get. And that's and that and I was I was shocked because he's he usually doesn't go there. And my I was like, listen, I get it was a spicy take, right? I understand there was some 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 hot sauce on there, but the shock jock thing got me because I was like, listen, it was well thought out. It might have been wrong, but it wasn't just off the cuff. I'm just saying this for shock value, like. <laughs> You can disagree with it. I can deal with that. He hit you. He he hit you in the feels, didn't he? He did. He, I was like, I, I'm a little in my I'm a little in my feelings about yeah, that. It, it's hard to manage, man, especially when you you know you wear it on your sleeve. Well, and listen, I <laughs> said, I, I talk. I give a lot of opinions. Some of them are going to be you bad. Ha- so you know who else I hear that with is me and Foreman. Jay Foreman and I can have these conversations mm-hmm. and these talks that's different than. You may get him or me almost yes. anywhere else just because of the chemistry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that that he and I have. So I I get the interviewing style, but as I'm listening to to Doctor Ellison yeah. and and JC, I'm like, ah, it's gonna be tough. Mm-hmm. But I even had Shane go back and listen to it. Okay, okay. I was like, I was like Shane, giving you, him homework. Well, she's. I'm telling you, we'll see what we can get tomorrow with yeah. Doc, but she, she's fantastic. Do you want to ask me the question in this break or the next one? Ooh, let's do the next one. It's more than a 30-second question. Is it a tough one? I don't think it's tough, but I think it's interesting to think about. And you're not going to give me any hints? I mean, no. I want you to. I want to get your genuine reaction. Ooh, I like to see him <laughs> squirm. Man, you do that to me all the time. Uh, yeah, that's true. You're like, I'm just going to throw stuff yeah. at you and see hey, what happens. Save it for on air. <laughs> That's my man. You can get him at R.A. Lula. That's Ravi Lula. Shane Schillerberg on the ones and twos. We are live from the H&H Chevrolet Studios. Coming up, we're going to try to win you some money with Brian Edwards. Uh, It's Coffee and Cream. 
Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Now, Vegas Insider, Senior Handicapper, and Fan of the Cold Budweiser Bottles, Brian Edwards. It's got to be touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Brian Edwards. I don't really love it. Brian Edwards. Were they using the cream cheese to butter the bagel? Brian Edwards. I'm going with the cowgirl. Here is Brian Edwards. <laughs> One of my favorites. A, a good guy in real life. A great guy on air. B, what's up, buddy? As we welcome you in as our Vegas insider, man. How are things? Good, mo- good morning, gentlemen. Things are good. How, how are we? We're, we're good, right? We're still trying to recover. Like, if you're trying to look at those top 25 basketball games last night, you're probably like, what the? Like, the higher-ranked team basically hit 500 that was not a great night to be in the top 25 no it wasn't and you know Kentucky had been on fire and uh, Vanderbilt loses Liam Robbins their leading scorer rebounder shot blocker there in the first three or four minutes and still pulls the outright upset that was just your vintage sandwich spot off the big win over Auburn with Arkansas uh, on deck and uh, yeah had some other upsets out there, but uh, my favorite one was the uh, South Florida over Tulsa. I, I, I was late to the party on the fade Tulsa, but I've gotten into it. Here <laughs> the last weeks. Hey, you know what's interesting about you? You're you're not afraid to not like um, you're not kind of captivated in the line so much as who's not playing well. You're kind of like right. the team fade guy. I I. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't enough so with Tulsa, but again, I was late to the party. But it's been a good party here. The last uh, I've been against them the last four games for winners. So, uh, but gosh, I think their record is now four twenty four and two against the spread. So, uh, thank you, Damon. But uh, <laughs> I wish I'd have been on it like two months ago. <laughs> uh, so this is weird coming off the big win, but uh, ASU getting a huge number. I think they're in the tournament. Some have them on the bubble. Some have them the last four in. Some have the first four out. This one matters. It's a big number on the road after upsetting Arizona. My UCLA Bruins, I hate to say that out loud, giving 12, 12 and a half. Yeah, um, you know, if this was like a uh, the, the upset – at Arizona was on Thursday and this game was Saturday. I I don't think I'd do this, but the fact that it was, you know, this past Saturday and now we're at Thursday, you know, so a little time to not for it not to be such a letdown and Hey, it's March, man. And, and Arizona state knows if they get this quad one road, win, they're, they're, they're probably, you know, almost certainly in Mm -hmm. regardless Mm -hmm. of of what happens at the PAC 12 tournament. So, uh, but at the same time, it's a quad one road loss if they lose. So it's kind of like, you know, well, I don't know that I want to say you don't have anything to lose, but um, uh, anyhow, Arizona state uh, as an underdog this year, seven and three, both straight up and against the spread. They've won outright at Arizona, at Stanford, at Oregon, at Colorado, beat uh, Creighton, Michigan, and VCU as dogs on neutral floors. They've won four of five. uh, And obviously the win against Zona has got them right back. You know, like you said, either, just barely on the right side or the wrong side 
of the cut line when they played in Tempe, Arizona state had a 35 to 30 lead at half mm -hmm. and it was tied at the under eight, uh, timeout, but UCLA went on a 17 to five run, uh, to close the game. Now UCLA is on an eight game winning streak. Uh, but four of the last five wins have been by single digit margins. The only, uh, blowout was to California, which, you know, is three and 26 this year. So I'm going to go with, uh, ASU as a double digit dog. Mm. Brian, kind of a deep cut here out of the American Athletic Conference. <laughs> uh, UCF and Temple, a couple of teams flirting with 500 there, both overall and in conference. Temple's a one-point favorite, but you like the total of 133 and a half. What, what side of that are you on? Yeah, I'm going to go over 133 and a half. The over's on a 9-3 and 1 run for UCF in its last 13 and 8 of 10 and 12 of their last 15 have had 136 combined or more, which is obviously an over with the 133 and a half number. The over's on a 7 and 1 run uh for Temple. Now, 3 of those 8 games or, or 3 of the 7 overs have gone to overtime, but 2 of them uh, we're already over the number uh, in regulation. And now uh, they're probably going to be without their leading scorer, Khalif Battle, who averages 17.9 points per game. But they haven't had him the last two games. And uh, they still had uh, 75 against uh, Tulsa and 76 in regulation against Cincy. Uh, ended up with 83. So um, I'm not that worried about it. It's just a low number, and I think it'll get over. They, so the Big Ten, it's kind of topsy-turvy. I was saying yesterday, I was talking to Andrew, I was like, ah, I, don't, I don't feel like I have a good handle, right? I think Michigan State has the most upside. The experts love Illinois when they're at the top of their game. My favorite team is Indiana because of the way that they're built. Mm -hmm. I don't love Purdue. Like, I just was going down the line, right? And now we're talking about two teams that has – he's practically family and Chucky Hepburn. I'm waiting on his health. And Jed Howard – Jawan needs his son. How are you looking at Michigan and Wisconsin tonight? You know, if Jet Howard gets upgraded, which I, I suspect he's going to. I mean, he was shooting jumpers in warm-ups on Saturday, and, you know, obviously we didn't see him at full speed, but, I mean, he was elevating and shooting jumpers on Saturday, so, and it was an ankle. He's missed two games. I, I suspect he's going to be ready. Uh, tonight, but I, I really want to know that. Um, so I'm leaning Michigan plus the four and a half. They've won three in a row. Uh, you know, just like ASU, they're right there on you know one side of the cut line. Uh, probably not on the probably on the wrong side of the cut line. Uh, and Illinois got an injury in practice. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was two days ago, but I could be. It might have been yesterday. But anyway, he's got a concussion. Um, and Jaden Epps, who has uh, been in double figures in 14 of the last 18 games, averages 10 points per game. So I, I suspect he's going to be out, and I suspect Howard's going to be in. But I'd like to know both of those, and if they both go my way, then I'll pull the trigger on Michigan. And same thinking uh, with Wisconsin. Uh, it's a, it's is, a short line kind of being in the know or not in the know. It's just four. Right. Um, you know, Purdue's just not been very good on the road. Two, six, and one against the spread. Now, Wisconsin hadn't been that great to the number uh, at home, but um, that's irrelevant since they're underdogs. They, they're, they're still not that good at home, it was straight up nine and five. But um, look, they played well at Michigan the other day. 
Uh, you had a nice home win over Iowa. They lost to Rutgers by one. They beat Michigan by five. And, and then they split a couple of overtime games. Uh, but even the Northwestern loss only by two. So their losses have been in overtime uh, by two, by one, actually two losses in overtime, and then two losses by three combined. And those are their only losses in February. So they're playing well, but, you know, with Hepburn questionable, you know, he's a key part of everything they do, averaging 12.1 points, three rebounds, three assists, 1.5 steals. So if Hepburn's upgraded, I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Sorry to be a fence sitter. I just need to know about these key injuries. <laughs> that makes sense. You don't, nobody likes losing money. Uh, B, we are jumping over to UFC 285. Uh, John Jones getting back in the ring, a reasonably short favorite. Uh, uh, for as, as much as minus 170 can be, right? Yeah, I got him. You got him right now, minus 155. Where are you at on the main event this weekend? Yeah, I, I like Jones. I, I just think his wrestling. Now, um, you know, I, I'm interested to see how, how he is stand-up-wise with Gone mm-hmm. because obviously he hasn't tasted heavyweight power or at least not in the octagon and, uh, you know, in front of millions watching. <laughs> uh, but I, I think he's going to use his wrestling like Nganu did with, with uh, Gon in rounds three through five. And, and it's wild. I saw Jones had this exact quote. I think it was yesterday or, or earlier in the week. Um that it's wild that Francis is the best wrestler that, <laughs> that God has faced, which I, I, I think that's probably even true. But uh, Jones is obviously ten times the wrestler as Ngannou, and we didn't even know Ngannou could wrestle until rounds three <laughs> through five against God. But, but, uh, but Damon, Damon knows I'm not a real big fan of Jones. I was his biggest fan coming up. But anyhow, um, I, I, I will I will gladly loot. I'll gladly lose my money on Jones if if God knocks him out, but I doubt he does. So let's go Jones, and I, I'm I'm okay with putting him in a parlay with uh, Gamrot and Valentina, uh, and that won't be like it's big a plus monster money, cars. It'll be, mm-hmm. it'll be small plus money. Hey, I wouldn't have met John Jones without you, B. So <laughs> we'll forever be linked to that. But let me ask you something, and and people, you know. He gets hammered for, you know, being disingenuous and kind of two-faced and phony. Are you buying this John Jones of, hey, love you fans, appreciate you. (laughs) I appreciate that I'm embracing the sport. Like, he's gone over the top to embrace the fans and be appreciative of getting to fight again. Is Maybe he hit bottom. I don't. No. B, I don't. He said, no. <laughs> nah. Nah. I want to like him, but gosh, he's a tough. I've one. seen this act before. Is this one? So this isn't legit either, B. No, none of his stuff is legit. He's a bad <laughs> guy, man. He's a bad dude. But he misses the adulation. He misses the spotlight. It's been a minute. So, I I mean, he's so predictable. But I, you know what else is he's predictable? He's predictable. He's so doggone good in that octagon. He's going to win. Yeah, and he's fit too, man. Yeah. You get into deep waters. It's, it's curtains. Fantastic stuff, B. You never disappoint, man. Be easy this weekend and best wishes. 
All right, fellas, y'all have a great weekend. Take Thanks. it easy. He's great, man. Yeah, it is. He's a consummate funny. storyteller. So we get a couple tough questions here in the next hour. We get Michael Brunt, so we get we continue to get smarter. <laughs> it's more Ravi and I live from H&H Chevrolet Studios. It's Coffee and Cream with my man Shane Schillerberg on the ones and twos. Coffee and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Raising the level of the show IQ. You talk to guys like Mitch Sherman and this next guy who is kind of the, uh, he's the alpha, the numero uno. Not a Puerto Rican, but a speaking so that you know. <laughs> Understand he's got the gift to speak from 24-7 sports. I didn't realize how closely connected you and our next guest are. Another former Mustang and Michael Brunts. Bruncey, good morning. How are you? I bet, yeah, Ravi, Ravi and I have hung out in uh, Stockton, California before. Have- That's how tied in we are. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stockton? You oh, guys are yeah. Stockton, guys? Oh, yeah. Bruncey, how- yeah. what are you doing in Stockton? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Try, trying to not get my car stolen, but... Um... <laughs> That's what everybody's trying to do in Stockton, my guy. <laughs> you, you and the Diaz brothers. Like, what's going on in Stockton with Nate and Nick Diaz? <laughs> Trying to trying to keep my uh, my car out of the canals there. That's what I was doing. I uh, no Ravi's uh, Ravi's brother and I are uh, longtime friends. So I've known Ravi since he was like twelve, but back before he was powerlifting. So that's uh, that's how long I've known him. Hey, so who's a tougher hang, scrawny Ravi or buffed Ravi? <laughs> I would probably have to say. Uh, Scrawny Ravi used to be pretty good at baseball, from what I remember. I was, yeah, I was all right. I was okay. Really, yeah. sweet swinging, uh, pitcher. He could get, pitcher, yeah. he could get around the diamond a little bit. So, yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd say probably Scrawny Ravi was the tougher hand. <laughs> Tough. So we, he is the guy that last show we did together said, "DB, I just got to be honest, man. Uh, kids, they're a tough hang." <laughs> And, like, I think it was trending on Twitter because even parents were like, oh, my God, he's not wrong. He's right. He's not wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I I am in full agreement there, by the way. (laughs) As he's probably fresh off a daycare drop off. (laughs) So, hey, so, (coughs) we we had too much fun. Brunson, let me ask you. So, did you get the sense, like, in the last four days, Nebraska basketball's fan bases went from, hey, how many do we have to win in the Big Ten tournament to get an NCA bid to losing to Michigan State and forgetting that they still have to go to Iowa City? Like, which one was tougher to kind of grasp? I've seen both extremes in the last 48 hours. Yeah, well, the it, it was tough. I mean, that was a uh, – you're feeling great in that first half. Everything's trending the right way. You're up a couple touchdowns on Michigan State, and then, you know, they, they just come out and make everything. And I think, I don't know, I mean, I, I, the, the Nebraska basketball fans that I talk to, and maybe it's because they're the self-loathing variety, weren't really talking NCAA tournament much, but more, you know, what, what do we got to do to get to the NIT? That, that was the more reasonable expectation. I. I was a tough team to kind of wrap your arms around for me because they've just been so all over the place this season. You've got Fran doing stare downs with refs uncomfortably. <laughs> You've got 
you know, the, what was it, 13 points in a minute or something like that to come back? And, 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 you know, the way they played against Nebraska and Lincoln earlier this season, it's like, okay, what is this team? But it's going to be a tough out there. And, you know, Nebraska's got to, got to win some games here and, uh, we'll see if they can do it. But yeah, the, the, the air's out of the balloon a little bit. Um, but, you know, I, I think this team is still, dialed in and, and focused and, and ready to fight. So we'll see if they can take that to Iowa City. Crazy thing. I was pulling up to, to PBA yesterday. I was looking to park. You know, I'm over by those three consecutive garages, you know, on that furthest uh, mm-hmm. west end. And I see Casey, his mom, and his dad, <laughs> who stuck out like a sore thumb. And I'm not kidding you, Bruncey. It was like the Pied Piper, a string of like 30-some-odd <laughs> kids just following the family as they're shopping. <laughs> I'm like, have, when's the last time you remember seeing a guy captivate a fan base the way that Tomonaga has in the last month? Yeah, uh, Johnny Trueblood had his run for about a oh, week. Oh, good call. Um, that's sneaky good. <laughs> But I, that's a little bit on a different level. I, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it's 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 been an interesting year for KSA because you had, a, you know, back in the summer it was kind of like, okay, is he going to come back? You know, like some people were like, yeah, you know, maybe Nebraska would be better off if he just, you know, went pro and you know stayed home. And you know, now it, it's like uh, it, it's like a low low rent version of the Beatles right now, as popular as he is. So <laughs> I, I don't. I, 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 it's been an, a, a, he's just, he's a fun player. I mean, he plays with emotion. Um, he just kind of gets right up to that line of, of maybe getting a technical foul sometimes with, with, uh, the way he celebrates. You guys know how quick big 10 refs can be on the whistle sometimes with that stuff. But, um, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's just been kind of a fun ride and I think it's kind of been, you know, fueled by him. I mean, it, it's, great fun when he makes like a 35 foot three pointer and, and maybe not so much when he takes one out of rhythm and, and barely hits the rim. So that's kind of been the way it's gone for him this season. And I, I don't know. I mean, with, with this season being a lot of people probably thought this season was completely left for dead when they had the injuries and, and case has kind of uh, brought everybody back to it. Brunts, what's your level of concern, I guess, for, this offseason and into next year for Nebraska basketball where some of the key contributors, we don't know what Tomonaga is going to do necessarily yet, but you know Derek Walker and, and Sam Griesel moving on. What's your cons- level of concern that Nebraska may backslide from their progress that they've made this year? Oh, they're going to have to be busy. I mean, that, that that's going to be there, – there's no question there. I mean, you, you're losing, you know, a big that's – pretty rare in that you can facilitate your offense through him. Um, you know, he really is a tough matchup, I think, for a lot of Big Ten bigs with his quickness and kind of just his craftiness um, with the way he finishes. And so you got to replace that. you got to replace, you know, a point guard that's, uh, you know, kind of unflappable, a little bit unique physically. Um, and, you know, you've got to find some scoring punch somewhere, too, because, I mean, I would consider it, uh, quite a big upset if Casey is on Nebraska's roster next year, just because I think you know the opportunities are going to be huge for him uh, to, to move on and play professionally. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to go into the portal. Um, you know, I, I do think that this version of Nebraska's staff is a little bit better at, at maybe kind of constructing a roster with chemistry in mind and, and kind of making those pieces fit together a little bit better um, than, than maybe what they had been before. So that, that gives me a little bit of confidence that, you know, maybe you can build on things a little bit. But, I mean, that, that's kind of just the tough um, – reality i guess of of life in the in the portal era if you can't you know build around a couple of guys it really is kind of a reset every year so that's going to be a challenge for fred and the staff so but bruncey is this one different for you in terms of uh it's a terrible term it's not plug and play but you're not shopping as long at super target this time around if you're coach hoiberg Coach Lesnar and that staff, are you? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's you, – you've got some young pieces, I think, that you can feel okay about next year in, in that rotation. I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, what Lawrence has done is, you know, I think he's he's gotten better as the season's gone along. Um, you know, I, I think what also gives me a little bit of confidence, too, that the staff can kind of continue – the, the direction that they're on is I think that they've, you know, kind of had to alter things a little bit stylistically mm. um, on offense. And I think that that's, that was needed. Um, I, I think the fact that, you know, they got a ton of buy-in on, on defense. I don't know, you know, how much of that was tied to the fact that you had, you know, veterans like Greasel and, and, and Walker and Bandamel and those guys that had kind of been through it to, to set that tone. But I mean, that that's much more of a, a cultural focus, I guess, that, that they've been able to, to, to get on the floor this year. So, you know, I, I, I do think that helps. Um, but, you know, I, I do think, though, that you're going to have to find, um, you know, s- some help at some really key spots next year uh, to, to keep it going. Bruns, long term, as you kind of look at, I mean, I think we all assume at this point Fred Hoiberg's back and, and the staff will be back, at least mostly, what in your mind is long-term realistic success for Fred Hoiberg at Nebraska? Because the way that his his tenure has started, he's gonna be in a historical minority for sure if this thing ends up being successful. But if he is, what does that look like? <laughs> it, you mean in terms of like what? What? How do you define success? Or yeah, I guess like if you if let's say Fred Hoiberg's still here you, seven years is it because from now, he gets a different benchmark a a lot more than not or like if if he has the exact same run that Tim Miles had over the next like seven years, are we happy with Fred Hoiberg? Yeah, I think what you need to see from Hoiberg and, and where it's different from what Tim Miles did is is something that's sustained a little bit and. You know, I don't. I, I I've said that I think a good kind of Big Ten example of what you know Nebraska could potentially be down the line um, it is more of like what Rutgers has going right now with Steve Peichel. I mean, mm. I think they found a guy who you know had had a very clear identity of what he wanted his team to be. I think it fits the Big Ten, and. You know, I, I think that's kind of what Nebraska needs to do is, is you know, an emphasis on defense, 
Um, you know, you can you can you know run your offense how you're going to run it, but I, I don't think it's going to be the up and down style that's going to work. But I, I think that kind of slow build is what Nebraska needs to do. I mean, the, the next step for Nebraska's program, in my opinion, is is you know being solidly in that kind of middle pack of the Big Ten, I, and I think that's an area where if you can get to it. I mean, you're at least, you know, in the NCAA tournament conversation some years. And I think that was the problem with Tim's teams was you had some years where you're right there and you're on this kind of magic carpet ride and, and things are going great. And then the next year it was just kind of a, a big thud. And I think that's kind of what Trev wants to see is, is how do you kind of year after year hmm. forge that identity and, you know, kind of be in, in that mix every season um, rather than, you know, trying to fight your way out of the bottom four of, of the league every year. Bruncey, uh fair, foul, just the way it is transitioning to baseball. San Diego series happens and people were like, man, it's all about Nebraska. They didn't do this, 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 and this. It's batters, walks, runners in scoring position. We didn't talk much about the fact that San Diego is pretty good. Mm-hmm. You get the brooms out in a series sweep against South Alabama, and it's like, yeah, they look good in some spots, but not a very good program. Like, where do you draw the line in baseball this early out where the opponent matters versus what we see out there from the team that we cheer for? Yeah, it's hard because, you Did know, Did you baseball, get that sense, or am I reading into in that? Year, it's kind of a tough sport to wrap your arms around. Um, especially for teams from the north, I mean that that's mm-hmm. just the way it is. And you know, I yeah, South Alabama is, is probably not as good of a team as what San Diego is, but you know they still had left-handers pumping ninety to ninety-two, uh, and, and were pretty tough on um, you know Nebraska hitters. Um, you know, I think what you can kind of look at is that whole series. I mean, Nebraska really was in control. I mean, they they trailed for a half inning in three games. And, you know, the bullpen, when, when you have a three-game series, I, I think they have the type of bullpen depth where they can be pretty good um, if your starters can at least pitch you through five. And that, that's what, you know, Nebraska did for the most part um, against South Alabama. We're certainly going to, you know, see where they're at this weekend with, you know, Vanderbilt on Friday and Ole Miss on Sunday. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think what you also have to take into account is, you know, there was a lot of excitement on that team, I think, going to San Diego. And, you know, they really got their their, their noses rubbed in it um, for four days. And, you know, they bounced back pretty well. And, uh, you know, we'll see if they can kind of keep that rolling. But, um, you know, I think the offense has been consistently good for two weeks. That's a good sign, especially early on. They've, you know, fielded pretty well, um, all things considered. And, you know, if they can get the pitching piece of it figured out, um, you know, I think they've got a chance to be better than, you know, the fifth that they were picked or whatever it was in the Big Ten preseason. Uh, Caleb Clark was standing. I think there's enough there, and he's young enough to maybe – I'm going to set that to the side and see how he actually fits. The starting pitching, I think you kind of like. Shannon looked like the Shannon of old this, this past stretch. If you're Nebraska and you're dialing in, are you – trying to further enhance what the back end is doing or what the front end is doing? Um, I mean, you got to figure out roles in that bullpen. I mean, that's, that's what makes a, a, an okay college baseball team a, a good one or a great one is being able to 
bring guys in in, in high pressure situations and get outs. I mean, that, that's, you know, the, the difference is in San Diego, you know, you had guys coming in with runners on base, um, you know, just tough spots to be in and, and they didn't handle it well. And, you know, I, I don't know right now that, you know, going to Minnesota, if Nebraska would say that they absolutely have a guy who's their closer, um, you know, I, I think they're going to go with the guy that's best available, um, who, who can get outs for them. I, I think you're probably going to see Michael Garza, um, who, who threw six scoreless innings of relief last weekend. I think you'll see him out of the bullpen a lot earlier. And, you know, I, I think that's where you need to get things figured out a little bit. I mean, I, I think Emmett Olson and I think, I think Kaminsky are going to be okay. Uh, you got to figure out that Sunday spot. I mean, maybe, maybe that's Caleb Clark, maybe it's somebody else. But um, you know, I, I think if you can get, if you can get, feel pretty confident about how you're going to get the ball from your starter uh, to the end of the game, I, I think that's that that's the mark of a really good baseball team. And, and you know, at Nebraska, we've seen in the past that when they have that figured out, that's when they've been pretty good. So um, I'm, I'm eager to see how they actually kind of play that out this weekend because with three teams on three days it's almost more of a regional feel you got to kind of win the game that's in front of you versus uh playing the chess match of you know who's going to be available on sunday yeah it's going to be a fantastic weekend a little bit of a early litmus test my football staff is leaving here shortly en route to minnesota for the glazer clinic they're leaving without me but that's okay. I can make it. I'm, I'm like the random stray dog. I will find my way. <laughs> Bruncey, you're the man. And I always appreciate the laughs, man. Easy going, really good at what you do. Hey, thanks, guys. It's uh, good chatting. You just got to – you're getting to Minnesota. You just got to go to Des Moines and turn left and you're there. <laughs> 435, right? Is that my number? <laughs> yeah. Bruncey, you're the man. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks. They're actually giving our uh, – staff a tour in the morning oh all right yeah i found a uh i found a picture of of me my brother and and brunts in stockton that I'm, I'm i'll put out on twitter wow did you guys run into the diaz brothers or <laughs> no? we did not no it was See, you uh, know they're stockton's finest yeah so my brother would disagree he would say his wife is stockton's finest because that's where she grew up so that's why we were really? out there. yeah that's why we were out there okay it was okay. for his wedding okay we weren't just like hey you know it would be fun let's go to stockton he said to keep my car out of the ravine yes there were some that concerns. is and if you've been like there were some concerns dude Brunsey's a G. Like, dude, Brunsey's great. He gets it, right? He looks like he could build like the next piece of equipment for NASA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you can take him to Stockton. Yes. I don't know that it was the most comfortable he's ever been. Yeah. Being in Stockton, but to be fair, n- me either. Um, but no, it was a fun hang. We had a good time. Not the tough hang. No, no. Brunts is not a tough hang. Brunts is easy going. So, uh, Chuck Liddell and John Jones, who's the Ooh. tougher hang? Are you serious? Can I can I pass on both? I see. I grew up an Iceman fan. I would take Liddell over Jones for sure. Just Even be, though they both had their issues. E, yeah, I grew up. I'm hoping old age has chilled out the Iceman a little bit. Yeah, I remember the first time. Obviously, I coached with Coach Lamanji now at Westside. We started at Burke together. Mm-hmm. The first UFC match we watched, we came over. Chuck Liddell. There you go. And, and Tito Ortiz. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's how that's how far we go. Going old real, school. Real quick, I know you want to ask me a question. We got an open segment, so stay tuned for the six-pack of questions. Okay. Because they're not easy. I'm ready. Let's do it. But a- according to our folks that are listening, your versatility and range is bar none. 
So I'm going to stretch you a little let's bit. Let's do it. I'm ready to go. Uh, let's get to one of my faves, Kim. She's talking Jay's basketball. Kim, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Why are you so soft-spoken? <laughs> Did they kick you out of the I'm office? I'm at work. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm in the bathroom right now. Be quiet. <laughs> Uh, what's, what's My the, two favorite guys together. Well, I appreciate well, that. Thank, thank you. you. What's going on? I love Robbie. Yeah, he's uh, some call him a tough hang. I do not. <laughs> hey, he's an honest hang. Hey, could you believe he <laughs> dropped that line last time? And he kind of just hey, sprinkled man. it in. He's like, ah, eh, you know, kids. I don't know. It's just kind of a tough hang. I didn't think that was a hot take. I think I thought everybody knew. <laughs> Yeah, but it's, you don't talk about you don't right. say it out loud. Right. Oh, I said the, I said the inside yeah, thoughts. Yeah, that's out like Deion Sanders, right? <laughs> Everybody thinks it, but he said it out loud. Now he's a bad guy. Oh shoot! By the way, Robbie on point Twitter last night, man. Oh, thank you, thank Kim. You. Do you do you realize I almost had to mute a friend for the first time ever a couple of weeks ago when he was mad at the official? Yeah, I know. I was mad. I was mad. Yeah, I, I could. I was. I was. It was like the guy that's kind of watched his son grow up, and I'm like, that's not how you were raised. <laughs> that's not how I raised you. <laughs> we're better than that, Robbie. We're better than that. Well, we we are, but... I had a bad day. Sometimes you just got to let loose. Yeah, I, it's, it's all oh, good. I, I also forgot to say, man. Yes. There's two things we forgot. Okay. I still love Mason Mellon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the... We should have started with love that. Love Mason. Love Mason. Yeah. Where we start with, and happy birthday! Oh well, thank you. I appreciate that. We have gone yeah, a long. My sister's birthday. Yeah, we've gone a long birthday. stretch of the remember. show without saying that publicly. So, <laughs> absolutely. <thank laughs> well, not anymore, man. <laughs> and social media is different. This is all about having to say things out loud. <laughs> we love Mason Miller. You love Mason Miller and happy birthday, DB. I appreciate that. Nineteen minutes was that a? a he he got he didn't score, but he played a ton. Were you were you feeling pretty good about Mason Miller last night? I was, but I was also babysitting, so I couldn't really watch a lot. Mm. Oh, babysitting? Are you like? Are, are you? So, I was gonna say, are you, you know. the cool grandma or the crazy aunt? Like, <laughs> no, I brand new grandson. Oh, that's cool. So, so how spoiled are you? I know. My first. Do we have teeth for meatballs yet or what like what are we doing? Are, is he tasting the bologna <laughs> sauce? Dude, he's he's six he's not even six months yet. Well you never know with you. Okay. I mean you're like, hey Well he does I've, call me no now. I've so. been working on this bologna for this has been stewing for a day. What do you think? He's like, Ooh, Graham's my gu- Graham's my gums, man. <laughs> Well, we're deviating, and you forgot I'm at work, so, you know. <laughs> I know. See, that's the only reason I can say this without you going off on me, so I'll let you He's say it. He's taking advantage of the situation here. It's okay. Control he is environment. taking advantage, but I will bring you guys some meatballs and some sauce soon. I appreciate you. Enjoy the rest of the day. Tell your When Robbie's there, because I know he's a meat eater. Oh, yeah. And team. Italian food? Oh, gosh. Yeah, yes. T- team carnivore. Thanks, Kim. Yeah. Have a good day. Have a good birthday. Appreciate it. Cooler than a fan. Oh yeah, Kim's you know, great. Kim's you know, great. I've been working with you for ten years, right? Oh, yeah. And every time on your birthday, we have somebody call in, and it's usually your sister, and she yeah. says her name's like 
Yeah, Steph- or Stephanie or Lynn or, <laughs> you know, Carrie. She got to get through the, the tough well, call. She probably, doesn't, she probably doesn't know the new number now. Yeah, and she's hopefully working because sometimes she has to work from home and she's back in St. Louis. Oh, okay. She's here. She may just be enjoying my mom's company. There you go. That's always nice. Yeah, she came to see her, her nephew play in the district finals. She what a good, she's she, a better she's a better aunt than I am an uncle. She is a tremendous sports fan and she's overly nice. So she's like talking during the game. Yeah. It's not my grind. <laughs> this is not. You're like, can we just can we chill? We'll talk later. Yeah, I don't we'll talk after. I had to stand. If, just so I could get above the chatter. If my nieces and nephew get like end up being good at sports, maybe I'll like reengage. <laughs> You'll be bit. more than just the Christmas, yeah. Late birthday, go to bed, Easter guy. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> buying, oh, I'll, I'll be more than the buying their affection. Guy. Hey, m- must be more than the holiday. The helicopter uncle's here. <laughs> Yeah, if one of those kids get good at sports, I'm going to be real involved. <laughs> oh, now you come around. Hey, you'll be a lot more like our people than you think. <laughs> come, Sorry about that. Coming back, coffee and cream. Wow. Time now for the Sports Six Pack on Coffee and Cream with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Presented by Zipline Brewing Company. Makers of Dear Old Nebraska Brew. The official beer of Nebraska alumni. Welcome back. It is Coffee and Cream. My main man, Ravi Lula, filling in for Andrew Rogers. We, he is on the mend. Uh, his fiance is right outside those double doors. She had to sleep in a different room, so apparently this is not made up. He is not feeling well. That's tough. That's tough for our guy. It is, and she likes to sleep with a fan, and he does not, so mm. they better figure that out before you say I do. Yep. <laughs> we, do a, we do an overhead fan. Do you? Like the ceiling fan. But Natasha can't have it on too high. Otherwise, it's not even the, like, noise or whatever. She gets this thing. Because you know when, like, those ceiling fans, you get going, like, on high? Yeah. And they kind of, like, they, they, they tilt. They They're, wobble they, just they, a yeah. little bit. So that's why we can't turn ours above medium. Yes, yeah, same here. Because my wife has, like, this final destination nightmare where she's like, that thing's coming off and killing us in our sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, full, medium it is. Full disclosure, we have not closed the bedroom window since the last summer. Ooh, see that messes with my like sinuses too much. I can't Flonase, do it. baby. I I go through a lot of nasal spray. <laughs> Flonase. Uh, you heard the big voice guy talk about Zipline Brewing. They are the sponsor. Mosaic and Doper, fan favorite beers that uh, they're available all year long. And don't let the cool names and cool cans fool you. Shane was trying to be one of the cool kids, so he tried Dope, and uh, <laughs> he just was like, "Yeah, it doesn't have the same euphoric feeling, but it tastes good." There you go. I was like, Shane, it's a different kind of dope. Yeah, it's a you know, it's a euphemism. And then for us artsy people, we like mosaic, uh, and that is brought to you by Zipline Brewery. As we get under our six pack, Shane, let her rip. Question number one. The line is minus one and a half for games one in their conference tournament. Jays minus one and a half over Nebraska. Who? For games one? Games one in the postseason tournament. The line is minus one so and a half. If I want Jays. Creighton, Creighton needs to win two more games than Nebraska. Yeah, so if you don't think Nebraska's going to win, will Creighton make the final? Win two games. Tough line. I'm going to take Nebraska on that line. Really? I, just, I don't have – I told you, I don't trust Creighton. Creighton, minus one in postseason minus tournaments. Minus one and a half. 
Ver yeah, minus one and a half versus Nebraska. Wins. Yes. So Creighton has to win two games if they Nebraska goes one and done. Yes. You're, I don't know that Creighton's making the final because look at their road, okay? If they get the four seed, they're playing UConn first. <laughs> if they get the three seed, they're playing Nova first, which is worse. God bless Creighton fan. Really? <laughs> they have the eighth highest odds to start the season. I get that. We're penile tucking over the tournament? They have 11 losses. <laughs> He's looking at me. The, I, can you see Robbie's? You're like, looking at me I like, mean, do I have a whore? What, what are we talking about here? You're you're asking me to bet that they either make. What if Nebraska doesn't win a game? They still have to make the Big East final through a really different. You're going if they're the four seed, they have to go UConn, Marquette just to get to the final. I that we may have to make that a poll question. Have they? I mean, have they solved what Marquette <laughs> did against them? I don't think so. It was seventy three seventy one. You didn't like the way you played late. You got a chance. I didn't like how they played for a lot of that game. You couldn't stop one offensive action. You can figure that out. I would have thought you could have figured that out over the 40 minutes, but they really did not. <laughs> Question two, Shane. Whoopsie. Question number two. Would you give two first rounds for Rodgers? Whose first rounds are they? Two first rounders for Aaron Rodgers. Whose are they? Somebody's going to have to make are you move. Are you answering these two? Yeah. Did you give me an answer on the last one? Uh, I'll take I'll take Creighton. Okay. All right. All right. Don't love it, but if, if I had to choose, I'll yeah, take I'll fair. take Creighton. Nebraska may not win their first tournament. I understand yeah. that, but you're still even if they don't win, you're still asking Creighton to make the final. That would be disappointing. If Creighton can't win two games in the Big East tournament. I mean, a lot of this year has been disappointing. Let's <laughs> <Wow>. be real. <laughs> Let's be real. Oh shoot! Would you give two? Uh, I'm kind of floored. Two but first, I get it. Two first rounders for Rodgers. I mean, this is gonna not if they're high first rounders. If I'm like a contender and I'm in the back half of the first round, I think that's where I'm gonna stay. Probably if I'm Chicago and I've got the number one pick, and then I'm probably gonna be bad again next year. I'm not giving those two first rounders for Rodgers. Yeah, at no point, regardless of scenario, if it's one through thirty-two, fair. I'm not giving up two first rounders. I mean, I don't. E I don't even know how long Aaron Rodgers is gonna play. Don't know how long he's gonna play. You don't know how he's gonna go in the locker room. You don't know how he's gonna get along with the coaches. Is he done in Green Bay after what you heard yesterday? I have. Grudegoose no didn't help him out on Monday. He no. couldn't even just simply say yes. I just don't know. I don't know if Green Bay is gonna be willing to part for what I think the market is for him. Hmm. So you think it was? Do you think it made more sense to acquire Sean Payton in Denver or to acquire Aaron Rodgers? Ooh, uh, like last year, get Aaron Rodgers. Well, because they're—I mean—they're not going to double up and get Rodgers. Had no, no, no. I know Payton. I know Dem they won't. But which made more sense with what you had to give up? What Denver did to get Payton, or what you'll have to do to get Rodgers, which is take on part of that sixty mil guarantee. Probably to get Payton because Payton is your only chance of salvaging. The sunk money of Russell Wilson, even though Peyton is basically Sean is Mike McCarthy. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. Question three, Shannon. Question number three. A lot of talk about NFL quarterback size. Would you rather have elite size and good talent, or elite talent and average size? So this is an this is your this is this your, is an interesting question this because is your average size and below average size are a huge difference. Okay, let's take. So you want to go? Give me a give me a, a body type. Give me a body type. Bryce Young, average. 
So we're talking good talent. And Ky- Kyler Murray is small. Baker Mayfield small. Kyler Murray's average. Or Bryce Young is average. He's skinny, though. He's that's what so I'm saying. Skinny. He, that, so that's average. But he's an elite, elite talent. talent. Um, Justin Fields, elite size. Good talent. Good talent. So you're asking me would I rather have Justin Fields or Bryce Young. You're asking me what the Bears should do at number one, basically. That's kind of how it boils down. Honestly, because uh, I liked Justin Fields more than most <laughs> people coming out, if I'm being real. These are great. I think I have to go. Uh, this is going to age super badly. I think you bet. I think you bet on the talent. If you have, if you're in that spot, you bet on the talent and hope you can keep them healthy. This is strange for me to say because I'm a Kyler Murray guy. I'm taking the size. See, I, I was, I. That's it's a really hard question because <laughs> being available is with good talent is better than having incredible talent and never being there. Like Zion Williamson's a really good example there. Yeah. Like Zion Williamson, incredible talent, never plays. Like nope, nobody said this would be easy. <laughs> Shano, all right, Coldplay. <laughs> Question number four. Pick two, UConn in Texas or UCLA in Creighton to make it further in the tournament. As a pair? Uh, mm. So, like, combined (laughs) total rounds made, basically? I think I'm going to go UCLA and Creighton. You? Yep. (laughs) Time out. You heard me. (laughs) You you didn't want to give me minus one and a half. I'm, I'm... but yes. you're taking the combination of UCLA and I like Creighton UCLA a lot over UConn and Texas. Total. I, I, at some point, the Chris Beard thing has to matter. That's a weird, really weird situation. And at some point, like not having his experience in the NCAA tournament, I think is going to hurt them. And I, we already talked about how I don't trust UConn because of their offensive stagnation that can occur if Jordan Hawkins isn't making shots. So you realize if Creighton loses on the first weekend and UCLA gets to the Sweet 16 and both teams get to the Sweet 16. I lose. I think UCLA is making it past the Sweet 16. I think, honestly, UCLA is one of the like handful of teams I think can win a national championship. I'm with you on that. So I, I'm betting my. this is more of a I think UCLA is a Final Four team than it is I think Creighton's going super deep. Now I think Creighton has the upside to go deep. Uh, I think the upside of both Creighton and UCLA is higher than the other two. That's tough. Um, gun to head. Can I say that? It's 2023. I probably shouldn't. Forced to choose. Twist your arm. <laughs> Jurors, you'll strike what you have just heard. Um, <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, but it was so compelling. <laughs> Motion to suppress. <laughs> uh, Objection. Wow. <laughs> I was thinking Jalen Carter, depraved indifference. Ugh. Hashtag too soon. That's for the last segment. Yes. Uh, I'll take uh, I'll take UCLA and Creighton. See, you're getting all over me. You're like, <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I just I just think UConn has a run in them. Shano? Question number five. What would a NLI deal look like, Casey? What would an NIL deal look like for Kase Tominaga? First of all, are you putting together a huge NIL deal to keep Kase Tominaga? Well, you can't. Well, so international if he lawyers, gets a waiver, yeah, we'll, if he gets a waiver, they will get involved um, if need be. I don't think you can get close enough to the money he's going to make in Japan. He's like a rock star over there. Like I don't think you can get to that number to keep him. And I, even if, 
even if you can, he might what go would, anyway. What would you pay him, though? That's the thing. I don't know because I don't know how real this is. Like, he's, he's talented, but can he be the best player on a Big Ten team and have you be good? I don't know. I give him 40K a year. Okay, yeah, so you're not even going six figures. 40K. Yeah, so that he's going to Japan then. <laughs> Last one, Shane. We got to hustle. Luxury SUV or luxury sedan? Luxury SUV every day. I'm an SUV guy. I like big cars. Give me the luxury sedan. I just got a new Jeep like a week ago. I like it too. Oh, that's the old one. Well, that's nice too, though. Yeah. The wife got the new one. Big baller. (laughs) Last segment coming up. Coffee and Cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Ah, bitter sweet as this one comes to an end with my main man, Robbie. Lululululula. Programming yeah, man, note. How's the show almost over? Because you, like, can't figure out the six-pack questions. <laughs> I can't figure out. I had answers. You couldn't believe my answers. That hey, was the th- problem. Because it was kind of hard. I still want to go back and maybe get a mulligan. <laughs> On which one? So there's a, there's two that are tough. Mm-hmm. The QB one was really tough. That's tough. That's a really tough one. The elite the elite one? The, the, the elite size, talent yeah. versus average, below average size versus elite size below or an average. average good, good, again, talent. good talent. That's what makes it tough because I would, I would love – it's the availability part that's tough, right? Like, I just look at what's going on with Baker and Kyler, and those guys are always hurt. Yeah, but I, I don't put – I mean, I think Baker's an average talent. I wouldn't put him – No, he's a better than average talent. You think so? Yeah. Okay. And, and average, Maybe I'm being too harsh. Maybe yeah, an average harsh. talent would be like – Who are we talking Are we talking like Jimmy G? No, Jimmy G better than – Okay. An average talent would be Brock Purdy. Okay. Doesn't have great arm strength. Good no. anticipation. Not didn't blow you away and and work. Baker's a good athlete. Fair. That's fair. Um, it seems like when you have. Sorry, it seems like when you have elite he's size. He's always apologizing, dude. You control the show. You do whatever the heck no, you want to. It seems like it seems like when you have elite size and good talent, you're you're almost more like a pocket passer. And when you have elite talent and average size, you're almost more like the running gun type of. A little more mobile. Well, maybe. Maybe. Because there's a difference between Ben Roethlisberger and Josh Allen. Both have elite size. Yeah, absolutely. Or even like Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert has elite size, very mobile. Justin Fields has elite size. But aren't we trending that way, though? Maybe. I don't know. Golf's Golf's not a big guy. Yeah, Golf's not a big guy. Murray's not a big guy. Cousins isn't a big guy. Taylor, yeah. I, Taylor, I long to be a it's backup. A Heineke question. isn't a big guy. It's a tough. <laughs> it question. is a tough question because Garoppolo isn't a big guy. It depends on because there's also some some guys that have not had elite size that don't get hurt. Patrick Holmes, Mahomes doesn't have elite size. Well, he's close. He's a little small, but he's but he's close. got the elite. He's talent, an elite though. talent. <laughs> well, that's why I ended up saying you bet on talent. Yeah, but what if they aren't playing? Well, that's the bet you're making. That's why it's a gamble. What about Tua? Tua is better than good talent. Yeah, he's got. He doesn't have elite talent. He doesn't have like. He's not Bryce Young. What's hurt him though is his average size. I would call that below average size. Well, he's not a. He's not a small guy though. Well, it depends on what you believe he his size actually is versus what they list him at. Uh, they list him as six one two seventeen. So he's probably six foot two ten. 
I was gonna give him five eleven. We'll call him six foot in cleats. <laughs> That's why I don't like talking to you. <laughs> I'm negotiating. I'm. <laughs> I and I see. I kind of low key tried to get me to go with it. <laughs> you almost did too. <laughs> I know. I was like, did you see the pause? Yeah, you're like, like, yeah. Oh wait, hold on. I don't agree with that. <laughs> Curveball. Let's see how short I can be. He's five nine. No. Um, we got to go back to what you were gonna ask me. We teased this all show, and even I don't know because you didn't want to tell me over the break. Suh. Yeah, because that was, was like the two question? hours ago. What? It was. It yeah. was Mitch Sherman. Yeah. So one smart guy sparked another thought from a decently smart guy to ask a guy that is an average smart guy. Oh, come on. Don't sell yourself short here. Well, um, it, well, it depends on the question. No, I think this is right up your alley. I think this is – so we were talking about Dylan Rayola, right, and the pressure of coming to Nebraska. Yeah. I want to take the legacy part out of it. So okay. forget his dad played here. Forget there's any connection to Nebraska, but he's still interested for whatever reason. Okay, okay. he's still the number one player in the country. He's inter- he's still down to you. Let's say USC, Georgia, Nebraska. Okay, okay. as a five star number one player in the country quarterback, is the pressure at Nebraska still greater because of where they're at as a program? Because like here, here's and let me give you an example. If you go to USC, okay, as the number one quarterback in the country, five star, and you don't do well. You'd be another five-star that didn't do well? You'd just be another guy, right? You're not a savior at USC, even if you have no connection to Nebraska. We saw this with Spencer Rattler. He was a five-star. He wasn't quite as highly rated as as Rayola is, but he was a five-star. He struggled, and they're like, guess what? We got Caleb Williams. Get out. And nobody thought twice about it at Oklahoma. If that were to happen with Dylan Rayola at Nebraska, it would be the only thing we ever talked about. So... So I guess I answered my own question, but where? No, 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 no. Your, but here's, your here's head at on so that? here's the caveat, though. Yeah. Right. We have we have case we have case studies, mm-hmm. and I think it's unique to Nebraska. We've seen the first year from Taylor Martinez. Mm-hmm. We've seen the first year of Adrian Martinez. Mm-hmm. We've seen the highs and lows and getting on the bandwagon of Tommy Armstrong. By the way, shout out, good job, go Omaha Beef, uh, as Tommy Armstrong signs with them. We've seen the love-hate relationship with Eric Crouch. Mm-hmm. Uh, take legacy out of it. Is Nebraska still more pressure? I, I, I work through these things out loud. I can't remember what Andrew called it, but I'm processing out loud. Um, I still think there's more pressure at Nebraska. Yeah, I do too. Like, I just do. I think... Being the the quarterback here at any point, I mean, Cleet Blakeman, Tom Haas, guys that didn't start a ton of games but are kind of legendary for one reason or another. Sure. At the quarterback spot. Hum, Taggy. I mean, Taggy won national championships, mm-hmm. but, like, statistically, he's just a winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I think this place is different. I, I I'm I'm kind of with you. I think so. I just wonder though. Does Dylan want to be the guy associated with bringing this thing back, or if I'm Dylan, do I think I could be the guy that brings this thing back? Let me see who I can get to come with me. Well, so that's what I think is happening right now. If I'm being honest, I you think th- he's saying who he can get to come with him? Yes, I think he's. I'm not saying he's like a secret commitment or anything. Maybe he is whatever. I think I keep hearing that. 
So I listen. I don't have any information. Sixty-five crystal balls, right? I think that it's entirely possible that he's already made up in his mind, whether he's told anybody else or not, is that he made up in his mind that he's coming to Nebraska. Because otherwise, a lot of the stuff, if he's not, is kind of weird. Like just coming up here for the— See, I, see, I don't think so. You don't so. think so? Because I think he still truly not sh- wasn't sure. Fair. So he had to see it. Fair. But, but, and, but, and believe me, if he could have just showed up at the basketball game without people knowing he was in town— until he showed up at the basketball you think he game, he would have. Okay, so that I know. That's fair, but I think part of it is he's seeing. Okay, can I get other elite guys to come with me? And I think that's part of the process that's probably going on right now. Does that bother you? No. It well, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was more. There was more. Okay, <laughs> I thought you slapped my hand. <laughs> Damn. He's like, no. Continue. Zip it, Marty. That's what you wanted to tell <laughs> Continue. me. Continue. Does that bother you in your quarterback that you feel like he's trying to get as many good players as possible versus, and maybe it's not either or, just trusting the process with the staff at hand because he believes in his talents? Well, you, are you cool with your quarterback wanting that? It depends on if he's working with the staff. So now it's just not a no. Well, I still think it's mostly a no. 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 Um, I still think it's mostly a no. Yeah. Because, it, I mean, if somebody makes your job easier, so are you, you are you them? are you cool if T. Frey says, "Who else you bringing?" I mean, maybe I don't know. I don't think you can. Ex- he, he ain't saying that. I don't think you can expect him to bring other <laughs> T, guys. T. T isn't saying that though. I don't think you can expect him to bring other guys. And I'm not saying one's right or wrong. Right. I'm just giving you the antithesis of the argument. Sure. T. Phrase couldn't care less who's coming with him. Right. Does it bother you if a guy does? If his commitment is contingent on it, yes. But if he's like, hey, I'm going to Nebraska, let's get some dudes, then that's awesome. That's great. He's, I'm with you. He's sold on Nebraska. He wants other people to come with him. He's, if he's talking to the staff like, hey, do you like these guys? Like, we good? <laughs> Can I bring my boys? Like, hey. let's go. Hey, listen. Hey. Narani, hey, listen, I've been thinking, hey, what if we do this package thing together, man? What do you think? That's about what I'm just, saying. What do you just think about going How, to Nebraska what kind and of just co- kicking these guys' ass? What, what kind of coach that? would have a problem with that? If the coach is like, hey, yeah, we would love all these None. dudes. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like he just made your job easier. Because the best, the best sales pitch that you can give to a 2024 wide receiver is like, hey. No, so you want the other side of the let's argument? Let's do it, yeah. I'm just thinking out. This is totally off the cuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking all that we've been through in my goddamn house. Yeah, right. If all it took was a call from Dylan Rayola to Caleb to go to Nebraska, mm-hmm. I'd be mad at Caleb. I'm just keeping it 100. That's how kids are, though, man. <laughs> but that's the struggle. You'd be mad as a parent because you're like, it was, that's all it took. But also, that's not- I was afraid for. 13 years to cram Nebraska down your throat because I wanted you to be your own guy. Yeah. It just took a phone call from a superstar QB, and it's you're like, different, yeah, I'm cool. It's different coming from your dad than it is coming from a peer. You well, know that. Uh, sh- you know it's kind, different. Kind of. It hits different coming from a peer versus your dad. Because here's the thing. You're not going to Nebraska with him. Listen, I knew no. I, Dylan no, would be. That's, no. There's a difference there. Go, when Caleb picked Westside, yeah. he had at that particular 
juncture, it had no, it had nothing to do with whether C.J. Mitchell was going to the West Side. It I, looks like a package thing. I get that, and and it because school is hard. School is can be lonely, yeah. right? It's like uh, it can't be about your buddies. Now it can help. It can help, but you it it better be about something else for sure. But if he's like, hey, I really like Nebraska. I also really like, God forbid, Wisconsin. Like. <laughs> And the tiebreaker is Dylan Rail is like, Caleb, let's go do this. Are you, are you listening to this guy? God forbid, Wisconsin. I mean, I know, I know right? you feel the same way. Um, no matter how much you wear that W logo. I'm just kidding. I'm messing with you. Uh, you know, if that's the tiebreaker, like, yeah, let's do it. He's fired. He ain't great. We're done. We're done. <laughs> Programming note, remember, Dr. <clears throat> You're killing me. Dr. Elsa, tomorrow, come have breakfast. Coffee and the cream. Ravi's out. <laughs>